Sans Jayhawk for the uh, start of this week's super episode. Uh, he's uh, busy uh, recording something else, I think, tonight. I forgot who he's talking to. Do you remember who it is? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's a former editor of PWI, I believe. Oh, nice. See, Jayhawk gets all the uh, all the scoops and all the uh, uh, exclusive conversations because he's a Hall of Fame ref. I, he's an old man, so he gets all those old man interviews. <laughs> By the way, my brother was with Chris from Sparks tonight, and he gave him his uh his sam bought him a violence is forever uh uh t-shirt from dom when we were in for absolution so he finally gave him that um and uh, uh he's very excited to see his uh his 8 by 10 i know that which is which is a, he's a very cool guy and i'm 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 happy he's a member of our uh of our uh, uh patreon because he seems to very much enjoy what we do so that's kind of cool yeah that's uh it's, it's awesome so did you did any of you watch SummerSlam or were you watching uh, Collision? I I watched the most pro wrestling event of the weekend. I watched Evo 2023. I could talk about some Evo. That was, was that, most, what's that? That's the, the the Street Fighter tournament. That is the the well, I would say yeah, it's the largest fighting game tournament in America. What was that on Twitch? It was yeah, usually on Twitch. So like I don't know if they're gonna go back because pre pandemic. They would usually end up airing the Street Fighter Grand Finals on like ESPN two. I don't. I don't think that's ever happening again. But yeah, it's mostly yeah, just at this point, it's all online. Everyone knows where to find it. And so, where are they playing from? So everything is online, linked up. Or are they in the same room? They are in Las Vegas. It's. I think it's the MGM Grand. Oh, nice. It's you yeah. Can no, go they, one year. You're gonna have to go one year. I'm going. I, I'll just say right here. I'm going next year to compete. Are you really? I will die. It's open. It's open invitation. So, like, so do you have to qualify? No, you just you go in. You go into pools. You gotta, you know, maybe hopefully get out the pools, and eventually, as it whittles down, uh, they do top six now. No shit, that's actually awesome. You know, yeah, you know, I'll try. I'll try to rep the podcast when I go out. That's actually awesome. You can wear like a, a stand from Burlington shirt, or a, or one of our our pictures with our name, our faces on it. That would work. Be that person with my face on my own body. <laughs> Listen, I do it. <laughs> I wear that sweatshirt all over the place. Well, we have new merchandise out, so that you can just wear one of the other ones that's just like the logo on a pink shirt. So I like that, by the way. That one looks really good, that pink. And, and they have it on black with the pink logo as well. So it's it's hidden inside the, if you go look at the pink shirt. And the and the Ziggy, uh, uh, the blue colorway, which is really nice, is uh, that so one I actually, wanted... the blue is the best color, by the way. <laughs> So that, well, I mean, she's got those, she's doing tie-dye ones, which are pretty fucking sick, but uh, I figure we'll throw out the blue one for like a month or two, and then uh, we got the production. Uh, is that a different to... colorway? Yes. It is, right? Yeah. The the production one is a different design. Um, he's got a different outfit on, different shoes. Uh, the His clapperboard has barbed wire on it. Ziggy's hair is a different color. So. Oh, so it's the one from the uh, from Absolution last year? Yes. I like that. That's very cool. So that's uh, another limited one because uh, I know he has that up on his um, Pro Wrestling Tees store. So it's just limited he, through us since we, you know, paid for it. So and I'm going to say, I, I, I Pro Wrestling Tees, their stuff takes forever. I ordered Harper a Billy Stark shirt, and it took like seven weeks. Can you believe that shit? That's insane. I've never they don't had to even take that send out a, for me. They don't even send a confirmation email. Like, so I didn't even know that they got my order. All I, the only way I knew they got my order was my bank account was charged. Otherwise, I got no confirmation number. I had no way to check in on it. 
nothing until out of nowhere, like six weeks in or five weeks in, it says, oh, now it's going to be mailed. Then a week and a half later, it comes to my house. Hmm. So ridiculous. But um, yeah, so SummerSlam was actually not half bad. I know people hate that shit, you know, um, but uh, I don't believe I, you. I don't believe you. There's no such thing as not half bad for WWE. It's all bad right now. It's, it's, it'll be all bad. I don't now think it's forever. bad at all right now. I thought Logan Paul, the Logan Paul match was actually awesome. And I think he is one of the few people who come in as celebrity status and actually get what he's supposed to be doing him and bad bunny. They do a great job in there. I mean, Logan Paul could just be a full-time wrestler. He's just that good at it. He understands. He knows what he wants to do. I mean, there's very few guys who come in who know what they want to do and like get booed and everything. So I don't know. Yeah. I think I, but he also has to steal money from people. So like, well, yes, he's a grifter and you know, him and his brother understand how to steal money as well. Allegedly. Don't um, worry. Don't worry. You'll be able to hatch those eggs. Eventually. We promise. <laughs> hmm. But I do think that match was really good. I thought the Gunther match was really good. Gunther is my favorite thing going in any, in any wrestling right now. He's just, he's on such a hot streak and you know what? There was nothing wrong with the women's triple threat and the cash in. So, I mean, besides the Shayna Ronda match, which had zero, you know, breath in it, nobody was even there. Um, and the and the finish in the main event, I thought it was a good card. I enjoyed it pretty much. So, I think um, that uh, they should pay uh, Logan Paul and Dink Doink coin. So, <laughs> they should tell him they have more WWE exclusive NFTs. <laughs> yeah, he can wear one of those around his neck. Yeah, the, the Undertaker ring. one, the one with him in the uh, in the cowboy hat looking thing and the long coat, the 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 disappointed uh, Cleveland Cavaliers locker room Undertaker. Yeah, I like that version. Nobody recognized him in his <laughs> outfit. Can you <laughs> fucking dork? Can you imagine what a fucking up? dork? Well, they told him to wear costume, and he had the fighting gloves on and everything. Imagine standing there, you're like, it's this is gonna be fucking, fucking terrible. Dork. oh shit the the humiliation i can only like recall that maybe a few times in my life being feeling that probably that humiliated you know as a younger man but you know what it it is it it will never not be funny so anyway do you think he watched the game in it i think he was so pissed off after nobody talked to me just kind of slunked away did he just lie he just left yeah he was just like i can't do this I just really like the idea of him just sitting in like the front row, like sadly in his little Undertaker outfit. <laughs> now nah, he went to go hang out with the the police that were on duty. Yeah, that's fair. S- sadly, in his little Undertaker outfit, <laughs> guys know who I am, and they also didn't know who he was. Well, I I thought it was funny that uh, he that, asked like, him to search for Mister Brown, make sure he wasn't in the building. <laughs> you you didn't think like. The look on Michelle McCool's face was like she just felt you just know she felt that embarrassment just radiating off of him while she was standing next to him. <laughs> I mean, she's had to clean him up enough times that, you know, she probably wasn't that embarrassed about it. <laughs> well, shit, it's it's IW guide in case anybody wanted to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we didn't uh, say that last week. <laughs> yeah, in case you didn't know what show you were listening to. What you downloaded, what you purposely downloaded, clicked on to listen to. It didn't just start playing. You know our voices. You know who we are. What if it's a first-time listener? I'm Carlos Montequilla. What? What? That's that's Charlie Butters in Spanish. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like it. 
I'm Marcy, <laughs> the content queen of IW Guide. I don't, there's, I don't know about that, Marcy. I was gonna say, I, I'm still missing. There's a I'm whole crate st- of content missing. There, yeah, there's a whole content. crate of content that I, I had to <laughs> listen to you whine about yesterday. <laughs> that I that's just about done. What, uh-huh, what, sure. what have you? What have you done, brothers? Uh, I curate every week this podcast and make it happen. Right, I take me too. <laughs> I, I I put all the content on the Patreon. I schedule it all. I schedule. You know, you, you I schedule everything. Schedule yeah, I schedule everything. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't do, know this was going to be an airing of the grievances, but I, I do. I do seventy-five percent of the work over here. That's what's what's happening. That's right. I do two and a half percent of the work over here. <laughs> call Jay me Mister Two and a Half. Jay no, Gold don't call just, me that. Uh, we go, Josh. We we have an issue, and he just goes. Cha-ching! Throws money at it, it goes away, and we <laughs> keep fucking the, rolling. That's that's the answer. That's the answer to everything. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I, I the have, name still applies, so you can't take that away. Right. <laughs> I was going to tell you to send it over to me for for me to finish it, but if if you only have fifteen minutes left, I really think you can get it to me this week. I I have high hopes for you. <laughs> I told you it's going to be done tonight. By the time this podcast releases, you will have it. I hope so. I, I hope I can. It'll be available on the Patreon. And that is what? What is the content we're talking about? We uh, I record the first episode of Marcy's Arcade featuring special guest Mikey Montgomery. Yes. We, talk, we talked about Grand Theft Auto and Sonic. Of course, Sonic. We had to talk about Sonic because Sonic is uh, a game that I've watched him play a bunch on uh, Twitch. And everybody loves Sonic. Yeah. How can you not? Also, uh, the imp- the impressive feat he did with the Connect that I didn't think anyone could do with a controllerless thing. So <laughs> check it out. Yeah, we will. Uh, real quick, let's do our shout outs for our ten dollar tier Patreon subscribers. We got Zach, Chris, Andrew, and Brock. Still, uh, if you would like to have your name shouted out on the podcast, join our Patreon. Patreon dot com slash iwguide. There's a three dollar, five dollar, and a ten dollar tier. Uh, you know, any any tier for your budget. We're gonna make some changes to the three dollar tier, kind of amp it up a little bit, make it a little bit more juicier for uh, those that just want to give a couple bucks. Yeah, that sounds uh, like a good to idea. Keep us going. Uh, you know, all the nice logos and designs you see us with. That's all thanks to uh, our patrons. Uh, also, and a special we... shout out to Patty, uh, who listens every week. Yeah, Patty Hi, Patty. Hi, Patty. So, uh, yeah, so that's that's what I got. Good. So what's on? Let's do it. All right. What is on? What's on, what is on this weekend? weekend? So on the work, I'm going to go with the fight TV side in Jayhawk's absence because he's shirking his responsibilities tonight. On Thursday, August 10th, OVW live in their normal uh, uh, time slot at 7 p.m. Uh, 8 o'clock on Thursday is MLW Fusion, number 177. Um, and also at 8 p.m. is Atomic Legacy Wrestling, ALW Revolt, episode 10. Friday, August 11th is uh, Newcastle Pro Wrestling Rumble in the Jungle. It's at 6 a.m., so I'm assuming that's in Australia. Um, and then also in the afternoon, we have ICW Fight Club, um episode 278 that's at two o'clock in the afternoon then at eight o'clock at night we have some unsanctioned pro counterfeit that's going to be also on there and then at 11 o'clock 
GCW from California, no signal in the Hills 3. Um, that's going to be at 11 o'clock. Then also on Saturday, IWC uh, has uh, Jock Sampson on the card. And then at 9 p.m. on their pay-per-view side, for 60 bucks you get the Triple Mania bundle. Um, and that's going on on Saturday. You're going to get Triple Mania, Josh? I don't even know what the fuck that is, why there needs to be a bundle, but maybe. Maybe I'll check it out. I think it's like three separate like WrestleMania-style shows for AAA. When is that? When is it all in? Like I have no. Is it at the end of the month? Is it coming yeah. up? Yeah, it's it's at the end of this month. And then they're doing away. all out like two weeks later. Yeah, I mean, something like that's, that. That's ridiculous. All right. Well, that's that's what I got before I give AEW any more money. All right. Over on IWTV, Friday, August eleventh at seven thirty p.m. Action presents Into the Action Verse. At 8 p.m. on Friday, SOS Pro Wrestling presents Where the Wild Things Are. Then on Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Ruthless Pro presents King of the Hill. Also on Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, TWE presents Captain Strapped. Sunday, August 13th at 7 p.m., Beyond Wrestling presents American Rana 23, Perfect Day. And then on Monday, we have a world premiere from Rise Underground as it presents Summer Sesh 2023. That's that's the stuff that's on. Uh, watch it. Do what you want with that. You know, I don't know. I'm just being a little awkward right now. I'm going through some stuff, everyone. There's, it's coming out on the podcast. Thursday, uh, T2T Pittsburgh, 8 o'clock on IndieWrestling.us on Twitch and on YouTube. Watch it. Doing interviewing. Marks on the internet that ask the questions that they think are cool to ask. Joining us tonight, the leader of the Dangerous Knights crew and the owner of 880 Wrestling, the gavel, David Lawless. <laughs> oh, look at you putting in the sound effects for him. It's quite an intro. Only right. nothing but the best for all our guests here. That's, That's right. <laughs> top quality. Especially the greatest attorney and professional wrestler in the world. I appreciate it. That's correct. Okay, so uh, first order of business, since uh, you are uh, our attorney here uh, at IW Guide, I need you to help me with my grandmother's power of attorney paperwork so I can take her house and her car from her. Can you help me with that? <laughs> They're starting off yeah. hot. The gavel David Lawless, it would, he probably could just take your grandma's house without even her knowing about it. So, yeah, for sure. You hear that, Grandma? I'm taking your house and your car. Ha! <laughs> How's she going to listen? She doesn't even have a house anymore, right? <laughs> I will make sure she hears this. She listens on her smartphone. He's programmed it in (laughs) weekly. It's revenge, revenge stealing here. That's good. (laughs) Okay. So uh, actually uh, my first order of business is to discuss your first match on cage match. Uh, It says that you and Crusher Hansen known as the order defeated Brian Bowers and Cassidy stone. Was that your first match or was that just the first match? It's on cage match. First match on cage match. My my first actual professional wrestling match was August 8th of 2015. And it was against uh, Kato at PWX at McKeesport. Okay. I think I remember I wound Kato. Up, I wound up losing that match by a uh, – Kato rolled me up in a small package. And uh, I was distracted by G-Raver, who was my first feud in professional wrestling. Oh, oh wow. wow. Which, as, as you know – is an interesting uh, the way the world works. 
during the pandemic, I would help represent him in the Indy Connection when they were sued by Jim Cornette for trademark infringement. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. Huh. All right. The, the, the professional wrestling world and, and, you know, my personal pursuits have a weird way of intersecting. That's uh, I didn't realize that. Okay. That's cool. It's a, it's a good thing that Jayhawk isn't here. Cause then I can say this and not get backlash for it. Fuck Jim Cornette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> Listen, he, uh, he does very well on dark side of the ring. Yeah. That's uh, if he just was a historian, he'd be yeah. fine. He doesn't need a podcast. He just, he doesn't need it. Right. This makes right. me hate him. Yeah. Uh, on to the next order of business. Uh, what is the worst ring name you've ever heard? Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, you know, the the first time I heard the Soul Taker's name. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, lo- I love the Soul Taker, by the way. And um, it was really, uh, man, it was uh, it was jarring because. I just started in the business and Hank Hudson, who did a lot of the ring announcing at PWX, um, there was a show advertised where the, not the soul taker was not advertised, but his other name yes. was advertised on a show flyer. And I just thought to myself, this, this can't be real, yeah. right? This can't be real. And sure enough, uh, it was. And then the show wound up getting postponed. And then the soul taker was just at 880 recently. Um, that doesn't necessarily give you the answer saying the worst ring name that I've heard of. Definitely the most memorable, for sure, um, was the Soul Taker. Uh, oh gosh, worst ring name. I don't, I don't want to, to name any names specifically, but um, there's a someone calls themselves the professional, and my thoughts on them it just they're anything but. So you know that would that would in my opinion probably the worst name. Okay. All right. Uh, so when you do get to wrestle, what's your pre-show ritual kind of look like? Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm 38 years old, first of all. So I stretch like crazy all hours of the day when I wake up, uh, before I go to bed, before I work out. So pre, uh, pre-match is a lot of stretching and a lot of band work just to make sure that I have the blood flowing, my heart rate's going, that I'm not you know, throwing anything out of whack. Um, and typically it's just uh, really just hanging out and feeling the environment at the show too. The beautiful thing about uh, 880, as opposed to some other venues is like, you're, you're in it. Like you are, you are in it. You're not in some like dressing room that's miles away or underneath the venue. Like you're up there and you feel it, the energy. So uh, that's pretty much what I like to do is just kind of drink it in and, and get ready to go out and perform. Yeah, I was actually, I, I rode down one night to 880 by myself because I had nothing to do. And uh, that was the night I think you actually got hurt. So I, w- I was there for that, which I wanted to talk to you, but you were you were limping out at the end of the night. And I'm like, ah, I'm not going to bother him. He's he's obviously in pain. I'm not going to stop him and bug him. Uh, okay, little, 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 little hiccup, but um, we're, we're on the mend. I will say that much. So, And you got control of 880 now. So, you know, that, it wasn't all bad. It wasn't <laughs> all bad. That's true. That's true, and and I am happy to announce that I will be wrestling at the Taco Mania show coming up on Sunday. So, oh nice, oh good, all right, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, you're you're roughly the same age as me, so you obviously grew up right in like your prime time, like a teenager during the Attitude Era. Did you backyard wrestle? Um, I did uh, twice, and I so I was a uh, I did like amateur wrestling when I was in middle school. Okay, and 
another friend of mine, we used to go into wrestling practice 30, 45 minutes early and just bump each other around on the mats. <laughs> um, as far as like, actually, I, I actually did one or two backyard trampoline matches when I was in middle school. Um, but no, I never really got like heavy into, I, I tried to build a ring in my backyard, but that was about the extent of it. Turns out building a wrestling ring is incredibly difficult and very, very expensive. Yes. And yet every, every <laughs> time I hear, we ask somebody, you know, a wrestler a question if they backyard and they're all like, well, I built this out of this. And I'm like, I never had one fucking inclining, uh, inclining, inclining of trying to build my own ring ever in my entire life. I would, I wouldn't have known how to put ropes up. I loved just watching it and then smashing my grandmother's beds. And that was it. I, my, I have a twin brother. We just destroyed every mattress and every box spring. We never oh. had one idea to break, to build a ring. Never. I don't know. Everyone's built something. I've never done anything like that. My parents just switched over their, we'll call it family room set, right? You know, that part of your house where no one actually sits in except for like holidays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember when I was like eight, breaking the the bottom of that one sofa because i hit a leg drop on one of the uh i, I don't know what to call them do you remember those pillows we had growing up yeah, throw pillows my we used to tape them to our fists and punch each other in the face but do you remember <laughs> the pillow where it was like it looked like a little like half of a body it wasn't like a person or anything but it was like a torso and then arms and the yeah idea they was, call like, them husbands yeah they call them husbands they're called husband pillows okay. we have a bunch of them in my house yeah, so I would so I, I wrestled with those all the time and I hit a leg drop like the Undertaker on the, the husband pillow and just completely shot the bottom out of the sofa without anyone knowing. And then finally, you know, thirty years later, when my parents were getting rid of the set, I was able to say, Look, look at the bottom, this is what I did. <laughs> it's it's lasted all this time. Look at that. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know what happened to it. What the hell? It, it goes to show how little people actually sat on that furniture, too. <laughs> the best thing to do is my mom would move new furniture. We'd, it would break. It something would be broken. We'd be like, what did you do? <laughs> you right. know, Tommy Boyer completely. Yeah. When, he, when the door flies off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what do you got, Josh? Okay. So I'm going to I'm gonna go backwards because um, for you and I, I, I've seen your work in 880. I've seen it in Joy. Um, but I I was exposed to you from Butters. He showed me all, we we watched a lot of Enjoy. Um, oh, nice. We've been watching a lot of an A80. So I want to get kind of I want to go backwards. You said your first match was in 2015. So are you a Pittsburgh guy through and through? Did you yes. where was your school and and how did you start? Can I, I know it's you know I know you got a couple of questions out of the way with Butters, but I would love yeah. to kind of hear your your kind of evolution. Sure. Um, so uh, I graduated law school when I was 25. And I went to Duquesne University in Pittsburgh, and I worked at a pretty well-known plaintiff's firm downtown called Robert Pearson Associates for eight years in my career. So by the time I turned 30, I was getting in better shape because I let myself go when I was in school. I was really just focused on my practice and just, you know, it was it was a lot of work as, as a young attorney. And so I just got to the point where I was surrounded by a lot of people that just hated their jobs, hated their lives, like didn't have any passions. And I wound up, um, Jack Pollock, who you would have seen me wrestle at 880. Um, and then Marcus Mann, who does some commentary for Enjoy and also did some managing. Uh, they actually were both involved in a company in McKeesport called PWX. Okay. And so when I turned 30, I decided, look, it's now or never. I'm either going to pursue this dream or I'm just going to be one of these people that 
lets it buy in the rear view mirror. So I tried out. And at that time, Brandon Kay, who now is the owner of Rise Wrestling, uh, was the head trainer over at uh, PWX. And so <laughs> my, my training class, the day that I tried out was in February 2015. The person who had the tryout right before me, who was in my training class, was Lee Moriarty. Oh, no shit. Yeah, so, I had a feeling you were going to say that. <laughs> it was Lee Moriarty, myself, and then Duke Davis came along. Duke Davis from TME came along in October. God damn, what a class. It was the three of us. And I, I mean, it was honestly, all we did was we got there and we just trained our asses off. All we wanted to do was wrestle. And, you know, Lee and I, gosh, I must have wrestled Lee 20, 25 times at some, early in our careers. Like, it's crazy to me. I'm not surprised where he is in his career, but just to be around those people. And then, you know, Brandon and then Chris LaRusso also, who was um, one of my law school classmates, um, he helped to train me as well because he had been wrestling by 2015. He'd been wrestling for probably about seven or eight years at that point, I think. So so you started in 2015. That was your class. Um, You're a Pittsburgh guy through and through. Um, Where was your first? Like, let's say we, we heard your first match, but where's your first big time like booking? Like, so you, you did, I'm sure you did. You made your run through the Indies. What was your, what would you think is your first where you're like, okay, I, I made it like I'm on, I'm on the scene. People know my name. What, what company was that in? Um, I'd say IWC. Ah, okay. Yeah. I and mean, what when, year, what year was that? Uh, my IWC debut was about 2016. Oh, you 20, early. Okay. 2016 or 2017. I'm trying to remember exactly. May have been 2017. Don't quote me on that. Could be 2016 now that I think about it. But I mean, I, at that point, you know, I had wrestled. You, you just wrestle anywhere. You wrestled yeah. in West Virginia before five people. Um, I remember we did a couple shots up in Dayton, Ohio for a place called Rockstar Pro, um, okay. which was run by the Chris brothers at that time, Jake and Dave. And I mean, it would <laughs> be a Friday night. We drive five and a half hours. We wouldn't get paid. We'd get, you know, 30 seconds on the show. And that was like, it was amazing. It was all the time in the world. Uh, but when I went to IWC, uh, that was really where things started to open up for my career. And it was a really big opportunity we had. So I came in and I was ta- I was tag teaming with a uh, person. His character was Officer Dan Murphy. And we were lawless in order. Oh, so and- you were always, were you always the gavel or were you? Yeah. I've always, oh, always been the Gavel always. David Lawless okay. Esquire. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Ever since I debuted. Um, and IWC used to do a huge show up in an area about two hours away from Pittsburgh called Night of uh, Night of the Superstars. And I mean, this would be like the biggest fundraiser possible for the Meadville School District. And they would bring in huge names. They brought in Sting. They had Ray Mysterio. Like they'd get probably 2,000, 2,500 people. And so um, the year that we had made our debut in IWC or like, I I think I debuted in October. So fast forwarding to that April, this was when a lot of wrestlers from Canada were getting held up at the border for uh, visa issues. So Josh Alexander had gotten popped at the border and had to turn in the super indie title. Speedball Mike Bailey had gotten popped at the border and actually was on a five-year travel band in the United States. Yeah. So there was a great tag team out of Canada that was the IWC tag team champions, the fraternity. Okay. They were supposed to come in and wrestle. They got popped at the border that day. All of a sudden now, Officer Dan and I are getting an opportunity to wrestle TME on the show. And what was cool about Night of the Superstars and what we took advantage of was the fact that like 
for two hours before the show, every single fan would come in and do a meet and greet with the big wrestlers and the big names that were on the show. <laughs> so they had this line where everyone would kind of like cattle into this other gym and then they would go around and all of us other wrestlers could set up merchandise and everything. Well, Dan and I would just, we would just jaw jack with the fans. We would give people shit. We would, you know, there would be police officers that would be there. Dan would stand next to them and, you know, we'd cut promos. And so that really uh, taught me the value of, you know, fan interaction and, and really being able to connect with the audience. And so every year we open that show and, you know, you go out there and there's 1500 people and you're cutting promos and everything. It's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. There's nothing like it. So I would say when I, when I started at IWC, that was when I was like, okay, this is, we're really at the next level. We're really stepping it up. And then, I mean, I don't differentiate. You're going to get the same gavel, David Lawless, wherever I go. But once you kind of get there, you're kind of made here in the area because that is and, and was and, and to a certain extent still is kind of the top of the map in, in Pittsburgh. And how did you how did you find your way to enjoy? Because, um, you know, you have a pretty big part there. I remember watching. <laughs> we started off with uh, with watching you and then you have the whole uh, uh, feud with um of course, my brain doesn't Mr. work. Mr. Grimm. Mr. Grimm. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot going on. So when did you, when did, when did Enjoy get up on your radar? And when did you start, you know, saying to yourself, okay, we got something here. I'm going to, I'm going to start coming here and seeing what, what's going on. Cause you're so, a pretty big part of the storyline. Yeah. And I mean, the, you know, I, I love that company. They've given me the, the greatest opportunities. I, I love working for them. They're fantastic right. people. Uh, I think as far as I'm concerned, next to WWE, and I would even say, you know, better than some of the AEW stuff. Enjoy's got some of the best video production in, in the world as far That's as wrestling true. is concerned. Yeah. Um, but so the story of kind of how I got to enjoy involves MV Young a little bit because MV and I connected when he was here in Pittsburgh before he went to Brooklyn and started wrestling. Uh, and he was up in New York for a good four or five years, I think. Yeah. I used so, to see him all the time. I was telling him when he was on, you know, at, in Hoboken and he'd perform in Brooklyn. I, I saw him, yeah. I used to see him all the time in the early 20, 2016, 17, 18. Yep. Yeah. And he, um, so when he did the first drags and dropkick show, might've been number two at that point, which was WrestleMania weekend uh, in New York in yep. 2019, mm -hmm. I believe it would have been. Um, I got to wrestle Sonny Kiss, which was awesome. And from there, when MV came back to Pittsburgh, he started doing the backyard shows during the pandemic. And I don't know if you ever saw the clip of Ziggy Heim beating me for the Rise Grand Championship, but that was in the backyard at MV's backyard backyard barbecue shows. Was that in yeah. the rain? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember that. In the rain. Yep. Yeah. So I, at that point, Enjoy was just like a kernel of an idea. It was a couple individuals that were loosely, and some of them were connected to Fest Wrestling down in Florida. And they said, hey, we want to do something here in Pittsburgh. And so Enjoy was, they were planning on running before the pandemic hit. And then when the pandemic hit, they kind of shifted things as far as their idea was concerned with the Enjoy Cup and the Odyssey and everything. And, you know, ever since day one, uh, I think they had a vision for my character and how I could kind of weave in and out of Enjoy. And yeah, it's been incredible because what you do at Enjoy, at least with me and Grim, that story could have gone six months. It could go six years. I mean, people just are waiting for that opportunity for me and Grim to finally square off against each other. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, it'll that, happen, maybe it won't. I don't know. 
Yeah, that right. got me into into a lot of enjoy. I remember because um, I wasn't I wasn't aware of you, and then I saw it, and we were. I'm like, this is something here. Like we were starting to enjoy everything that you were doing there. Um, so now you're you're in enjoy. You're doing 880. Um, you know what is your what's your affiliation right now with MV? So are you guys just uh, the the fact that you're at 880 doing doing what you're doing is that for your reps? Are you trying to are you are you instructing? Like what are you doing for 880? Um, when the school first opened, I was helping with, uh, some of the newer students that were coming in. Um, when MV started the Thursday night fights and the Fridays on fifth, I was, you know, participating and was a big part of that. Um, since, you know, I had that show where I got hurt, I haven't been at the the facility uh, uh, as much as I would like. Um, but to be honest with you, you know, my goal in all of this, especially now is to kind of help shepherd in you know, new talent and just to really make sure that the wrestling industry in this area and beyond can continue to thrive because, you know, I, I love professional wrestling and I love, there's different forms of it. There's different types of it. And everyone can find something in professional wrestling that they love. If you like comedy, if you like, um, you know, mixed gender stuff, if you like hardcore stuff, if you like traditional wrestling, if you like mixed martial arts, like, there's so much that appeals to people in professional wrestling. And so for me, I just want to make sure that the people that are coming into this business are doing it safely. They're doing it correctly and they're doing what draws the fans in, which, you know, it's no secret. It's developing your character and it's telling stories. It's not moves. And it's not like, you know, how high can I jump off of something and throw myself through a table? It's giving the fans something that they want to love or hate. So, what are your thoughts then? So you've been doing this since 2015 and now 2023 we're, we're at a different space in independent wrestling. And I I'll have an argument with anybody and say that I thought independent wrestling was at its hottest in 2019 when they had the collective, when they had, you know, WrestleMania weekend, I thought a lot of companies, the idea of IWTV was, you know, just being born um, and companies were going to streaming. What do you think now um, after the pandemic, it took a little time for people to get their footing again. But what do you what do you think? And and Pittsburgh, look, I'm I'm in New York. I have yep. never ever known anything about Pittsburgh wrestling until I met Butters and Marcy, and we started doing this show together. And yep. we start watching IWTV, and I'm all of a sudden I'm seeing, holy crap! All these guys are from Pennsylvania and from Pittsburgh, and they're doing this. So. What, and so now it's territorial. You got Enjoy and 880 and IWC is the heart of Pittsburgh, right? You have AIWs over there in, in Cleveland. You have Beyond up in Massachusetts. You know, what do you think about what does the landscape look like to you right now? Because I haven't seen you. I don't know if you have. And I, I you know, this is not a, a me just not doing my research, but I haven't seen you like yeah. in California yet, you know, doing like no. prestige or. What, what do no. you think? Like, is it territorial? Are you staying where you are? Like, what do you think is going on right now? So I'll, I'll answer that a couple of ways, because that's I, I love to talk about this, because I think people forget at the end of the day that professional wrestling is a business. Mm-hmm. So you got to think about it from a business standpoint, too. Uh, to talk about the state of, of independent professional wrestling, let me tell you about something that happened. I think it was two weeks ago, maybe. Yeah, two weeks ago. So July 15th. There were three competing shows in Pittsburgh or the Pittsburgh area. You had Rise Wrestling out in Uniontown. You had IWC in Elizabeth and you had RWA in West Newton. Okay. You had three shows that night. Rise Wrestling drew over 400 people. I was on that show. 
IWC did probably 250 plus. West Newton did about 250 plus. So collectively there, you're looking at close to a thousand people that are watching wrestling on Saturday night. And you're talking about promotions that are within an hour of each other. The state of wrestling in this area and the thirst for it has never been greater. That's what it feels like. Yeah. And I think when you talk about is indie wrestling hot or not, it's tough to categorize that. Okay. I think before AEW was like sucking up a bunch of indie talent just to basically sign people and say they were on their roster. I think you had a lot of accessibility to indie wrestling, but you had people waiting for those names to come. So like you would book a speedball, Mike Bailey, or you would book a Josh Alexander, you would book an all ego Ethan page. And all those performers are fantastic. They're worth every single penny you put on the show. I think the pandemic really transitioned how people looked at the business of professional wrestling. When you had capacity restrictions for for events, okay, you could either develop your local talent or you could pay someone $400 to come in and you're only going to sell 150 tickets anyway. Right. So why not take that opportunity and develop some younger people? So I think it is more territorial, but I think it has to be. And the difference between now and, I mean, even 2019, you have so many different platforms that companies are using to get their name out and so much cross promotion between those platforms, between Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. And then you look at some of the other smaller social media sites. Look at Remix too. Remix just started. Remix.tv just started. That's where um, Enjoy is premiering on. And that was kind of an offshoot of some of the companies that were on Pluto before they decided, hey, we could do this ourselves and we can generate ad dollars just the same. And then you look at uh, subscription-based services like a Patreon or even like a YouTube where, you know, individuals are using that to, you know, generate advertising. So I think that if you're smart with the way you approach the business of it, I think you can make it as big as you want it to be. But there's also a ceiling, I think, that some independent companies have. And by that, I mean, like, no one's ever going to be WWE. Okay, they're a billion dollar international company that has intellectual property that is miles and miles long. And they have, what, 80 years of business, 85 years of business behind. them. So the idea that like you're going to offer a WWE product or get on that same level, I mean, unless you start with billions of dollars, you're not going to compete. So you've got to fit that niche market where you can get in there and really attract people. And honestly, there is no better company than Enjoy. And I know I work for them, so I, I sound like I'm self-promoting. No, not at all. Go ahead. I will say that Enjoy had an identity from the time they started up until now. They have never wavered. They've never pandered. They have been exactly the same company they were from the start. And people respond to it. And what I will say about going to an Enjoy show and being you know, from Pittsburgh, Enjoy has made it a party. Like, when you go to enjoy, you're going to enjoy. It's not a wrestling show. It's just you got to be there. There's yeah. going to be wrestling there, but people want to be there. And so um, what's interesting is like my girlfriend, uh, she wasn't into wrestling when we first met. and She's since fallen in love with it. But when she went to her first enjoy show, there were so many people she knew that weren't even wrestling fans that were there just because it was like the cool thing to do. And still is. That's so, what that's what they said about it about enjoy. There's not. Then they're not the same jaded, like uh, you know, we we like to joke about, you know, like the kind of jaded neckbeards that you get at some of these other shows where they're, you know, screaming about every move set and everything. The people that enjoy, 
boo the bad guys, cheer the good guys, pop for everything, yep. and the crowd yep. never sits down. And they're not there to pick apart the match. They're there to party. They're there to enjoy what's happening in the ring, you know, pardon yep. the pun. Um, and, but, yeah, that's and, they're building something. And that's why, honestly, 880 has been like that as well. And also, like, that's why this is my favorite time of year to wrestle when you do county fairs and other, like, community events. Because here's the thing. You're drawing people in that wouldn't necessarily come to your event, right? But everyone knows what professional wrestling is. And everyone's connected with professional wrestling in some way, shape, or form in their life. I I don't care. You could talk to someone that's 90 years old that hasn't watched professional wrestling in 70 years. If you say the name Hulk Hogan, they're going to know Hulk Hogan's a professional wrestler. Okay. You, you could not be more right. That's that's the most right statement. And I found that out as I moved to the suburbs, you know, and I'm and I'm like one of the biggest wrestling fans that these people know here. And it yeah. turns out that one of my friends who's our neighbor happened to be MJF's uh, uh, choir teacher, you know, in high school. Yeah. So, you know, like there are people who are always somehow there's always some kind of connection that I have found through wrestling to meet yeah. and talk to people like doesn't matter what it is. Somebody's got a story for me, you know, about wrestling. And right. as much as my wife hates it, hates it, but she fucking hates it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's still it's amazing how many people are. Even when I, I met, you know, Butters, Marcy, Jayhawk, I couldn't believe the stories that all of them have regarding like Marcy's encyclopedia of like CZW, ROH, like all these things. Butters did it, you know, was all of a sudden I'm with him and he's talking to he trained with the Bev. Jayhawk's a referee. I didn't have any idea anybody yeah. was like, and these are just friends. Like, I'm like, oh, these are just friends. Then we start talking. I'm like, holy shit, everyone is connected to wrestling. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, my when I was a kid, my dad made Vince McMahon suits. Like, I was like, you awesome. know, that was, but that was like, to me, we didn't even think of it. You know, we were at WrestleMania one, we did our thing, yep. but I didn't think there were so many people who tried it, who were at different things that I was at, who know so much and like live their life by it. It's an amazing thing that has that has made its way out into the world and i think with social media with streaming you've gotten to that point where everyone can share it together no matter what state they're in what territory they're watching yeah and then but i think too like people i think people think social media is representative of the world and i think there's a lot of people that aren't connected to social media and what's nice about something like 880 when 880 first opened i mean we were we were (laughs) We were killing our bodies for free almost every weekend when they were doing events in New Kensington just to get people into the building. And the coolest thing was like, you know, there's a there's a match on, I think it's in Joyce Patreon. It might be MVs at one point, but it's me and Mikey Montgomery early, early on in Fridays on Fifth. And we're literally, he like fought me up the street two blocks up to Voodoo Brewing. And we did that so people that were in line for the food trucks and everything would come down and start, like, matriculating to the wrestling. And the cool thing is when you get those people that just walk by and see that there's a wrestling ring set up and there's, you know, men and women in their underwear that are fighting each other (laughs) and they pop in and, you know, the kids are, like, blown away. The parents are like, oh, this reminds me of the stuff that I watched when I was a kid or the stuff that my grandma watched. And it's like, it, it's, it's the magic, right? It, it takes me back to that time when I turned on Monday Night Raw and saw the one, two, three kid pin Razor Ramon that made me fall in love with professional wrestling yeah. and the storytelling there. And even as we're talking now, you know, you mentioned, you know, Charlie having trained with the Bev, 
the Bev was involved in my first match against Kato. No shit. <laughs> yeah, him and him and Kato were feuding, and he came out at some point and pulled the referee during oh, when Kato hit me with his finisher. And it's just it's such a small world once you start diving in. Marsh, you want to go ahead? I sorry, I don't want to. I don't want to. I have so many more for him, but I'll let you go ahead, Marsh. Do your thing. <laughs> so we'll I have, back. I have, yeah. I have a. Th- I like to have a theme for my questions, and since you are our uh, attorney, I have some. I guess I'll put it media based lawyer questions. Sure. Uh, so first of all, who's your favorite lawyer in like TV and movies? Oh, good one. Oh, wow. Man, that's a really good question. Oh, my gosh. You know, one of the probably my favorite lawyer portrayal in a movie would have, would be Ryan Gosling in the movie Fracture with Anthony Hopkins. I don't know if you've seen that. Thing, but yeah. it, to me, it's like one of the most realistic depictions of the actual courtroom proceedings. Now, the story of Anthony Hopkins setting up his wife's lover and, you know, attempting to murder her and then getting murder charges against her, um, you know, is not necessarily that realistic. But the actual mechanisms in the courtroom of like getting evidence excluded, exchanging discovery, having the meetings with the criminal defendants and everything. To me, it's the most one of the more realistic portrayals of the criminal justice system. So and I'm just a huge Ryan Gosling fan. So I would say Ryan Gosling, and then I can't remember his name right now, but Jamie Foxx's uh, attorney in, um, oh God, what was the movie with Gerard uh, Gerard Butler where he goes about like getting retribution on? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, give me a second. I'll, I'll get that one too, because that's, I know exactly what you're talking about. That, that, that was, that's mo- more recent. Yeah, that was, I think, 2000 and. Uh, law-abiding citizen. Yeah. Uh, yes. Is the movie. Yeah. I really, I really enjoyed Jamie Foxx's character in that movie too. So, uh, I think you know, I think that answers the the fictional portrayal of a lawyer. And I think your other question was uh, um, television show or movie. It was just in general, like out of the two, like what? The, yeah. Let me tell you what's exciting. Let me tell you what's a really good show, but it is the most unrealistic portrayal of lawyers ever. Is Suits. Like, oh, well, of course. So- <laughs> Suits should not have gone beyond one episode. Like the second someone that is a non-practicing lawyer is in a law firm and doing anything like that, that they should be shut down. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. That, that went on for like years too, right? It sure did. It's like eight years. And you know, what's funny is um, Mike Ross from Suits my first acting gig that I ever did, I was an extra in a scene with him in the Amazon Prime show, League of Their Own. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Nice. You can't see my face because I'm a soldier laying down in a hospital bed, but suffice it to say he was in it. So Hey, a gig's a gig. Come on. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Now, on the flip side to that, what lawyer and media would you like to fight the most? Oh, my God. Um, f- fight? I mean, I'm going to say fight in a fun way, but, um, you know, I got to go with She-Hulk. <laughs> I got to go with yes. She-Hulk in She-Hulk form and in just regular form, too. She could do no wrong. <laughs> I still need to watch She-Hulk. I, I love the character. I don't know how, I, how I've missed out on watching it so far. It's it, it good. Was, don't, let it, don't let people turn you off to it. It was no, good. Honest, honestly, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a Marvel. I'm not a Marvel person. I'm a DC guy. If you couldn't tell from my Batman and Watchmen tattoos that I have, but um, man, She-Hulk was was done so well. Uh, now I guess the last one to finish this off. Is there any like 
I was trying to figure out how I wanted to phrase it, so I hope this comes across right. But like, yeah. any type of like fictional universe's law that you would specifically love to be like all about and like be your practicing law type of deal. Mm, that's a good question. Fictional universe law, huh? I mean, I guess it would be interesting to. Uh, I don't know that you would practice much in the Hunger Games, but I would imagine that being a lawyer in the Hunger Games type world before she breaks out of the Hunger Games and actually kills the Supreme Overlord would be really interesting. It'd basically just be like going in there and being an executioner, as far as I'm concerned, like representing the state. You just pick people to die. That's a good. It's like, I think it's got to be that or any type of like being a lawyer for a superhero. Cause you got to make bank doing that. Well, but the thing is too, like, I mean, I guess if I could represent, like I would love to be Batman's lawyer. Right. But, you know, he's Bruce Wayne. He's the smartest man alive. So I don't know that he needs a lawyer, but um, he's the world's yeah. best detective. It's not necessarily he's the smartest man alive because, you know, he's a vigilante and that's illegal. <laughs> but 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 the thing about Bruce Wayne is he's the smartest, most that most athletic, wealthiest. So if there's something he can't do with superpowers, he'll just buy it or build it. He can that's buy good, good legal my, advice. Yeah, that's <laughs> my, I, I am. I am. I do have a very, you know, soft spot for Batman, given that I have, you know, my place is just littered with DC comics and action figures. So what was it about Batman that's always kind of pulled you in? He's human. It's relatable. Um, I never really got Superman because Superman's it's a metahuman. So like I like the psychological aspect of Superman, which is being able to cure the world's woes. But, you know, how do you step up to that line and you know, when you cross it versus that. But it's just there's just been something about vigilantes that I've always like been drawn to people that try to make right in the world, despite the fact that we have a system that treats people unfairly. And I know that's funny, given the fact that like the gavel David Lawless embodies use of that jaded system to get every advantage that he can. But if I would say like Batman's my favorite DC character, Punisher is my favorite Marvel character for the same reason, just because of retribution and, and being the vigilante the gavel's favorite the reason why the gavel likes batman is because he beats up poor people that's that's the that's the that's <laughs> well, that, my, that's how i feel like it probably is, is that he yeah. beats up the poors and i'm always just like i'm always just tempted when i hear vigilante to say like um like in freddie got fingered when he's like he's a vigilante yes he's a vigilante <laughs> if anyone has seen that that movie of course <laughs> that was repeated viewing on weekends right. in, in school exactly yeah, for sure i had a friend i had a friend tell me recently that he wishes that he could actually get a lobotomy and keep every part of his brain but the part that hadn't seen freddie got fingered for the first time so he could go back and rewatch that movie and experience it all in real time for the first time <laughs> well yeah all right <laughs> So, so you, uh, um, before we go back to Butters, I know he's got some things he wants to go over, but before we go back, um, you know, can you, can you give me who you, right now, your, your favorite opponent and then the, your favorite match? Um, wow. Okay. Uh, one of my favorite matches hands down would have to be a match that took place in 2018 against my trainer, Brandon K and, what was really cool about that match was we had built the story up for nine months at that point, which was really, really, I mean, anything that has long-term storytelling baked in 
I, I love because you just don't see that as much in independent promotions. But we did this whole absent father storyline where, you know, Brandon kind of gravitated towards Lee because Lee was the more athletic, the younger. And so I gave this big retirement speech. And it was funny, too, because I like I got hit in the back of the head and I had gotten my head split open. So the month after the, the next month, I came out and I cut this retirement speech, which is up on YouTube. And I talked about how, you know, I have I have my own legal practice. I've got to lay my gavel down. I started crying. Brandon came out, gave me a hug. And then when everyone was standing and, and saying, thank you, Gavel, I gave him a low blow. And then I wound up giving him the pillman on his arm to break it. And so what wound up happening was for the next nine months, I wound up facing all of his trainees. And it led to eventually a lumberjack match that he and I had, where every trainee that I beat were the lumberjacks. And it was just, it was incredible storytelling because we weave so many parts into that uh into that story and we were able to get everyone together uh that was probably one of my favorite moments and matches um some of the, the people that i've had a chance to work with though lee moriarty uh bill collier mm. gannon jones jr uh duke davis um you know and then like wrestling like tony atlas and fandango and it's just you know I've wrestled Shane Douglas like seven times. Like uh, that was, that was actually, you know, come to think of it now, as far as memories are concerned, dude, I was 12 years old. My, my mom, I was dragging my mom to the convention center down here in Pittsburgh. And you know, this first wrestling show I've ever taken her to, we're going to see ECW. She's appalled that people are throwing like keyboards and crutches and chairs in a dumpster yep. outside of the arena that's going to be used yep. here. I am. I'm watching Shane Douglas wrestle as the ECW champion. Fast forward now, you know, 20 some years later and I'm wrestling him. <laughs> like we have a program going, I get to tag with him. It's just like, it's crazy to me. It's crazy because what's, what other sport could you get involved in where you're going to, where you're going to meet people that you grew up watching like instantaneously. It's nuts. So Oh gosh. Um, so yeah, I would say, uh, Brandon K as the, one of my favorite matches. Um, man, I've had some really, really good ones recently too. Uh, people that I really love working with though, like now Cowpoke Paul, definitely a lot of fun to work with. Um, but you won't, you wouldn't defend that belt against him. It's the ABC challenge, my friend, (laughs) the ABC challenge. Um, always a favorite person to wrestle um because we just wrestled so many times together um cole carter i wrestled cole in some of his first matches when he was just coming up um gosh who else oh tony johnson the Iceman tony johnson he was in the enjoy odyssey yeah and um he was he is phenomenal just unbelievably talented um anytime i got to work with jock samson has always been a treat everyone loves him huh Jock and I, I mean, we were part of a group called the Regulators for years in IWC. Yeah. And that was another time in my career where I really felt like I learned a ton about wrestling just by working with Jock. Uh, and then we actually do a show every year for a camp. It's a it's for adults with disabilities called Camp Echo. And those are some of my uh, you know cherished memories of getting a chance to work uh, with Jock 
and go down there and wrestle. Um, the king of one night stands, Jock Samson. That's right. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't think of, uh, I, I could just name, I just have so much fun working with everyone. Yeah, no, I, I, no, that's a great answer. I think you, you gave us a lot of, a lot of good answers on there. There doesn't have to be just one. I just like to throw it out there. And my yeah. last one, before I toss you over to butters, uh, you got, you have a story of a match that was probably the worst or where things went completely wrong. Oh my God. Yes. Hands down. Um, <laughs> Well, this is, it wasn't necessarily a match, but it was a moment. And this was at Rockstar Pro. So one of those five and a half hour drives for no pay. Um, I originally had this shield. Okay. So someone at PWX found, it was like an old VFW. And they had this porcelain eagle statue that was affixed to, you know, like when people have like trophy basses on their wall. So it was affixed to this like placard and I wound up getting these hooks from Home Depot and I put them on the back. So it was like a shield. So when I, when I first came out, it would, I would have this, um, this, um, this bald Eagle American flag shield and I would have like a judge's robe. Right. So I come out to Rockstar. First time I'm ever there, we're doing this scramble where we're having these, these like staggered entrances and I would come out and I would bang the gavel on the, the shield. So I come out rockstar pro five and a half hours away in the business for two months. No one knows me bang on the shield. The whole thing shatters the the fucking Eagle breaks the thing. And I just remember this one guy sitting in the front row and he was like the, there was like 30 people at rockstar. This guy would just give everyone shit. And I remember him just looking at me and like, laughing like pointing and laughing and the only person that stood up i'm like fuck this sucks um so yeah that was that was probably one of my uh not so pleasant i mean it's funny to look back on now but it also sucked to lose because that shield was like really cool and it's something that i wish i still had it's probably in some dumpster in that sounds like something out of like a Mel Brooks movie. Like yeah, the, exactly. the guy comes out with the shield the second he hits it, it just shatters. Just like, oh whatever. <laughs> I mean, I you know, and the other thing is too, like here's so here's another funny memory and like not great moment. So I originally also had a three foot gavel. I found this com- <laughs> this website called greatbigstuff.com. You should check it out if you haven't been there. They have like just big shit, whatever you want. Like if you want like a big ketchup bottle, they have it. <laughs> so and this thing was like expensive right it's like 160 bucks and it's a three foot oak gavel right so the problem is the head of the gavel is so heavy that you really can't let it fall on the handle because it'll shear off so i would only bring this big gavel out for special occasions right this was like it was like my triple h sledgehammer right right so I got asked to do a birthday party for some kids and I wanted to end my match by doing the, you know, the, the spot where you hit someone on the top rope and the gavel comes back and I have my opponent hung up in the top rope. I go to swing the gavel, not realizing how heavy this thing is. I hit, I hit the edge of it. So like not the top, but here off the rope, the, the top of the gavel shears off. Thank God it did not hit a kid because it probably would have given him brain damage. And the thing was just broke. And it was for like, it was a, it was like a private event birthday party. 
So not only did I lose my gavel, I wound up getting another one and the same thing wound up happening, not in the same way, but the thing sheared <laughs> off. And ever since that time, I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm done with these. Once I was about $350 into big gavels, I'm like, you know what? I'm good. This, this isn't worth it. I'm just going to sledgehammer <laughs> and paint it to look like one. It'll <laughs> but that's the thing. Every that's the, the one thing people say to me is like, you know, I love the gavel. I love the gavel. David Lawless Esquire is a character. But you need a bigger gavel. I'm like, listen, man. Woman. Like I had one. Do you okay? have any idea what a larger gavel will do? You do you <laughs> want to? Do you want to know what the maintenance of a large gavel takes? Because I will educate you on that. So, yeah, those are those are some of the not not proud moments. But I mean, you know, oh, that's outstanding. It's we all need to, maybe it's we need to find you one that, that's like foam. Oh yeah, like plastic. A that yeah, that 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 uh, that looks like real, but it's yeah, yeah like the one that Joint like, had. Yeah, the got like a broom up, handle, the big blow up end. I, I mean, I guess I could endeavor to make one out of foam that would look like more realistic. But I mean, these like greatbigstuff.com is a real cool website if you just want big shit. Like, yeah, I'm gonna check that out. That sounds <laughs> awesome. Still, still uh, there. Turns out you can get anything you want on the internet. So, and you know, <laughs> this was like. This was like I was just like pouring money into into stuff when I first started too. So it was like I, now I probably have I'm down to probably like four gavels, but like I was just like rapidly ordering them on my Amazon uh, business cards. I, I can't even tell you the number of business cards that I've gone through in my career. I, I'm due to reorder another thousand business cards from Vistaprint. So <laughs> yeah, I, I have uh, I have one, and I believe one of our uh, voicemails. Uh, let, talks about their they're getting a a business card from you as well so uh it's funny story too is it, one, is it this one by the way this gavel oh, right here let me see if i can get it uh, oh yeah that's it that's yep. it yep greatbigstuff.com that's the gavel what's the price <laughs> on that now it's got to be like 350 dollars. look at you you got a deal on them it's inflation since <laughs> that inflation holy shit pandemic killed the giant gavel market, okay? <laughs> um, but no, what's what's funny is that I'll shout out to um uh, I think his handle is True Prince of Pro Wrestling. He does a yep. lot of gifts and everything. Unfortunately, he recently lost his mom. So if he's listening, yeah. I hope he knows that my thoughts are with him and his family. Um, because he's been an unbelievable supporter. But I think one of the funny memories that I have early on was that uh his mom was at a show and she was actually in a cast. And when she wound up getting the cast cut off months after she was at the show, I think one of my business cards was actually buried in the cast. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. All right, butters. I I've exhausted my, my, my round here. I'm going to let you uh, pick it up from there. Um, trying to think what else. Uh, so when I, I asked you earlier in the, uh, before we were started recording your favorite law and order episode or uh, yeah. show um do you have a favorite favorite episode do you that like comes to mind right off the bat or uh you know what I, I don't so my favorite show would be you know special victims units because you know marissa marissa Haggerty, who who's going to say anything about you know that but i would say my favorite like moments on law and order it's more from the criminal intent is anytime vincent d'onofrio would like like weirdly gyrate himself to interrogate a criminal or something like that man was like a contortionist of detectives. Yeah. That that was a good one. I was sad when that went off the air, they used to film it by me in Queens oh. all the time. <laughs> so he was kind of like uh farmer Jim and uh men in black. When you just start twitching around. 
sugar yeah. and water. Yeah. I, I always I'll, fucking forget he was in that movie. Yes. Right, Mars. Yeah. It's hard to, it's all of a sudden it just pops up on you. Yeah. So, I mean, but I would say, you know, I mean, SVU is obviously like, that's the goat of law and order programs, even though it's not the original, but I mean, you know, I definitely thought that criminal intent was good and, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure why criminal intent didn't stick around. I mean, SVU is more for like the sexual crime. So I think, you know, it makes sense why people are drawn to that show. But like, I mean, criminal intent, I guess there's a little bit too many intersections between that and like NCIS. And oh, my God, like that's my favorite NCIS, all of them. And uh, and Chicago Wednesdays, that's where it's at. <laughs> Chicago. I was just watching the episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where Larry's dating the uh, censor for NBC. And she says that, you know, it's statistically proven that if you put Chicago in the name of anything, people will watch. <laughs> it's great. Chicago oh, Wednesday, then, me and Derek Dillinger, we watch it every Wednesday. You know, what's funny, too, is like it's like those Chicago shows are like a professional wrestling fans wet dream back in the day when you had ECW, WCW and WWE. It's like. What if they? Uh, what if they were on each other's shows? And then Chicago has that crossover. Where it's like Chicago Fire meets Chicago PD. Every crossover, every NCIS crossover, they're 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 a reason to celebrate. They're just yeah. great episodes. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean they stole. And basically, that's like stolen from comic books when you have like the Justice League, or they're yeah. like going to different universes where it's like, oh, you're here too. Well, that's what makes Chicago so crazy is that they literally put one actor from it somewhere on every episode. So it doesn't matter what episode it is. Like they're in the hospital. Someone gets shot. They bring up the actor from the hospital to talk to the police. The police come to the fire department. They have somebody who set a fire. They got to get one of the cops to come in. It's fantastic. It's very well done. That That sounds like very complicated watching to me. It is. It takes a lot of effort. That's why I spend a lot of time at night focusing on my Chicago Wednesdays. I just imagine you have like some giant like Robert Nash, like like John Nash board where it's like the Chicago. You know, it's it's the only thing I I, most most regular TV I don't watch, but I sit up there and and between NCIS and those I put all my efforts into. I can't not stop watching because those got me from the beginning. So, like, I feel like I owe it to myself to get through them. So even if they get canceled, let me get to the end. I just want to see the end. If I die before the end, I'm going to be very upset. We um, I'm working on a case right now here here in Pittsburgh for two. Our two clients were wrongfully convicted of a murder. And um, we had like it was basically our pandemic was like, you know, a CSI or an NCIS where we were like trying to figure out like who could have done it, like who weren't they investigating and everything. So more on that later as it continues to come out. But suffice it to say that, you know, the I felt like I was on one of those shows trying to piece this all together. Oh, so yeah. I get to live it. That's why I probably don't watch it too much, <laughs> which is why I don't really watch a lot of legal dramas either, because, you know, I get to live it every day. Right. So kind of keeping with that theme, though, uh, like you kind of brought that up. How has uh, wrestling kind of crossed over into your personal life with being a lawyer? Like you mentioned earlier with the uh, Jim Cornette thing. What what has there been other times where like you've had to like step up and help out? Uh, oh, yeah. All the time. All the time. I mean, you know, one valuable lesson that I learned early on in my career when I first started practicing law, I would join all these trial lawyer groups and all these lawyer organizations. And the thing is, when you're going to all these, you know, professional groups, everyone that's there's a lawyer. So we're all competing for the same business. Guess what? There ain't a lot of lawyers in professional wrestling. Okay. So, you know, I, I am the go-to for a lot of people when 
they need anything. You know, if it's as simple as like my mom and dad need a will put together or, you know, I got a speeding ticket and I need help or, you know, my landlord's giving me shit or, you know, my grandma got hurt in a nursing home or I got hit by a car or, you know, can you review this contract for me? So, you know, the other thing is helping out all the promotions with all the legalities of what's going on. I mean, I can't tell you the number of accident waivers and indemnity agreements that I've written for promotions that I work for um, just so they can rent venue space or so they're protected Uh, or, you know, promoters will send me the big thing now is like uh, ASCAP and BMI will send out those threatening letters saying, well, you stream on the internet. So you need to sign up for an ASCAP or a BMI account here. It's $2,500. And it's like, no, this is a scam, you know, or I start, I started representing, um, people getting trademarks. So I have about probably 20 trademark clients now, you know, some former WWE people, some indie wrestlers that are on the rise. And um, that's been a very fulfilling part of my career. So just like being around to help people, it's intersected incredibly. And then the skills that I've got from being a lawyer and being able to be a litigator, to ask questions, to publicly speak, to tell stories, to engage people, uh, it's been immensely helpful. So there's there's an incredible amount of crossover. Um, do you think you would kick the shit out of Mark Sterling if you wrestled him? Yes, 100% hands down. Okay. Uh, only because another podcast thinks that they have uh, his legal representation. So I just want to let them know that uh, our legal representation could kick the shit out of their legal representation. Anytime Mark Sterling wants to have a debate. We should bring it to Long Island. You, you could come here and perform a creative pro with him and do a uh, legal versus legal match. It's, very nice. the, it's the booking that everyone's been asking for. I know I have. <laughs> I think Enjoy can make it happen. I think I think we should get on Enjoy to make this happen somehow. Maybe maybe uh, Mr. Grimm gets his own uh, attorney involved. There, and, there uh, are very few attorney uh, wrestlers right now. Like I, th- I go back and think of the gimmicks. There's not many. That I mean, okay. that gimmick itself probably would have your gimmick would even work. You know, early '90s. You know, WWE new generation time oh, for would sure. probably have worked very well during the Attitude Era, and yep. is obviously working great right now. But I can't think. I think on one hand, I don't think I know more than three. Two. You and Mark Sterling doing the doing the lawyer. You know, a uh, uh, gimmick right now. Luca Cristofino in WWE in WWE at the uh, level up at NXT level. Oh, is there a guy? I didn't. I had no idea. And I watch NXT yeah. every week. I didn't even know. It's actually funny. His his real name's Roman Masick. He is uh, he's actually in law school right now at Duquesne. He's from Pittsburgh. Um, and you know, just so happens that uh, February of twenty twenty one, he was at a show that I was on and saw me throw out my business cards. And I talked to him and watch his entrance on Level Up and tell me if you notice anything that you see in his entrance that looks familiar. So. Uh huh. Good kid, though. Really, really good kid. Good looking kid. Good athlete. Um, I see no reason why he can't excel. But yeah, he's doing the he's the legal eagle, Luca Cristofino. Hmm. So I think the big thing that that caught me uh, was there was a video. I want to say it was like a maybe it was a Thanksgiving style video and you were wearing the the hat with the safari flap. Oh, Brian's hat. Yeah. And and I just saw I just started watching that show and I had seen that and I was like, holy shit, he has that. And, uh, and then like in 880, when, uh, when you come out and stuff like that, like, uh, so I always like, 
when when you see like anything from IW guy talking about going and getting sloppy steaks, that's that's me because that's just like the funniest fucking thing in my mind. And yep. I see people doing it all the time on like um on Instagram now. Like there was like I just saw a group of people today. They all had steaks and they all took their water and poured it all over their steaks. Uh, it just it makes me laugh. And then I saw you doing the driving crooner uh, at the most recent one, which was just hilarious. Uh, it's good yeah. stuff. I, I, I enjoy that. I like, like not a lot of people probably get it, but like, it, it just pops me every time I see it. Cause you, it's, it's so funny. You would be amazed how many people I connected with over. I think you should leave. So I was at, so I, like I mentioned off stream, but you know, my best friend, he's in a band called eternal boy. Um, they're a pop punk band. He started a music festival 10 years ago called four court music festival. That festival has gone from, a thousand people at a place locally in Pittsburgh to now we're doing two days in Washington, PA uh, coming up here in August night. One's headlined by yellow card playing ocean Avenue in its entirety. Night two is headlined by alkaline trio um, and the um, interrupters. So uh, in gaslight anthem, how can I forget that? So uh, last year I was helping check all the bands in and, and doing all the stuff. And, uh, story of the year came in and the lead singer dan from story of the year had the shirt on with um uh carmine laguzio that said there's too much fucking shit on me <laughs> and like immediately connected with him on that so we were talking about that he's a wrestling fan too they're from st louis there was another band um and i just they asked for like a table in their dressing room and i'm like just tables and dealing with eddie Munster. And so, like, they got that. And the number of bands that we'll have come in A80 that see, like, the Brian's Hat or, you know, they get, like, the Crooner, the Sloppy Steaks or the Dangerous Nights or even some of the stuff that we throw into promos, too. Like, I try to switch the presentation of the gavel up everywhere I go because I work at a lot of different promotions. So there's always subtle tweaks, right? My entrance gear. But 880 forever will always be where the Dangerous Nights crew and I think you should leave. We just go... So crooner, the haunted, the haunted ghost tour. I'd love to somehow work in the ABX heart monitor at some point, if I could <laughs> with like haunted house and club aqua. Um, but it's, you know, and I like, I would love, I don't know why people with children don't do like the little buff boys for, <laughs> for Halloween. Like, it's just, it's the greatest show ever. That, that's all it comes to. It's all it comes down to. <laughs> Uh, I just want to have, uh, I just want to have, uh, you got to have somebody repeat the entire list of all the stuff that he was going to order and, and oh, have the them say, burgers. yes, and say that that's what they ate to, uh, to train for a match. I think that'd be really great. Oh yeah. No, that's, that's a good idea. Actually working that in the pay forward line. I just love, I love the lines that fall under the radar in those skits too. Like I just wanted to do something nice before alcohol class. <laughs> it's just, Yeah. <sighs> There's so many ridiculous things, and it's become like a really great like uh, meme community too. Like, there's like I see I see him in so many memes anymore. Like, it's, it's very much the best meme show currently. It's, it's it's so relatable to so many things though that are going on in the world. I didn't realize all the other stuff he was in too before this. Like, I didn't realize he you know he he had a hand in uh, SNL and like he wrote Have for you them seen- and. Have you seen Tim Robinson's John Tesh basketball skit from SNL? I don't think so. 
oh my God, it's him and Jason Sudeikis pitching to NBC the um, do, 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 oh do, yeah, the do. round ball rock one. Yes, that was so, absolutely hilarious. So, yeah, you got to look it up when you get a chance. It's okay. so good. Yeah, yeah, he did Detroiters. Yeah, <laughs> he's and he's and you know, Tim Robinson's a phenomenal skateboarder too. Yeah, I, he was. Uh, I know he was backstage at AEW because Danhausen got to meet him, and I was I was yelling to Danhausen. I was like, "What the hell?" I was like, "You get to meet all these cool people." <laughs> oh, by the way, let me just let let me just step back here and also talk about the state of wrestling just to just to let you know like how mind blowing this is. Okay, so at Four Chord Music Festival six, I I booked a wrestling show. First time I ever acted as a booker and promoter. Last time I'll ever do it because I can't stand to hear all the shit that I got. (laughs) The talent that was on that show, the main event was a four-way match. It was me versus Lee Moriarty versus MV Young versus Kevin Blackwood. Puff and, and Gregory Iron wrestled. The opening contest was the production. Derek, Derek, uh, uh, Dillinger, and Danhausen versus TME, M Dog Matt Cross and Atticus Koger wrestled on that show. Just like I, and then John McChesney wrestled Brandon K, two legends of Pittsburgh that had never wrestled each other before. I'm like blown away by the fact that I was able to put a show like that together, and then just where everyone is now too. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. That's that is that's a, that's a lot of talent on there. Maybe that was the show that they all blew. I, I always say, and if you ever ask him this, he'll tell. I was Lee Moriarty's first babyface match ever. Kid hasn't looked back since. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. All right. I don't know. He used to pick on me at shows, so I'm kind of glad he signed in a way now. (laughs) Used to to give me all kinds of trouble for nothing. You deserve that. I just saw him a couple weeks ago at the Mecca with. uh, He was with uh, the Time Splitters. That was a sick match. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk? Can I? The other thing about go ahead, yeah, do it. (laughs) The other thing about professional wrestling is it is unbelievable to watch the people that that are good people that you come up with succeed. And and, I mean, honestly, like I will never forget. Lee was the person that introduced me to PWG, and I remember him bringing in a PWG DVD that we watched on the flat screen TV that hung over the entranceway at um, PWX. And I remember this was like when Drew McIntyre was, I forget what his name was on the indies at that point, but he had like gotten released and then had, you know, oh, he was gotten, Drew Galloway. Yeah. For Drew a while. Galloway, yeah. yeah. And I just remember being blown away by PWG. And um, what's cool is like meeting speedball Mike Bailey, because one match that I watched over and over again for PWG was speedball and evil Uno. And I stole so many spots from that match for, for moves early in my career. But I remember just watching PWG and like Lee and I being like, dude, we want to wrestle there one day. And then to see Lee get on a PWG show and to watch one of their YouTube previews and see him on it, it's just unbelievable. Like I, I couldn't be prouder to have trained with him and, and call him a friend and a client and, you know, uh, someone that I respect a ton in professional wrestling to see, you know, TME get their opportunity to go down to AEW and do shots on dark or tag with MVP. Like just seeing these great people get these cool opportunities to do this stuff and people that, you know, not everyone that you come across or interact with in wrestling is friends, but those like good people that you connect with 
that you really get to see um, just do amazing things. It, it, it's, it's an incredible feeling. And it's just, I'm really proud of basically everyone that I've worked with and what they're doing. Uh, those people in particular, though, because we really came up together. And to see Lee with the time splitters, too, it's incredible. That was a fun match. It really yeah. was. Well, we got some voicemails, so uh, yes, sir. Let's, let's get to those. All right. Hello. No one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Okay. First up is the other JB. Hey there, Indie Wrestling Guide. It's the other JB here. Uh, sorry I'm not calling with my normal audio setup again. Um, family came into town, so being with them. So this is just coming from my phone. So, you've got the, uh, you've got David Lawless in for the episode. Um, so I guess the standard question would be, what kind of law does he practice? And, you know, that's just all fine and good. I'm sure it's been asked and answered by, um, already. But in case it's not, here's that. But also, um, I've got a uh, legal question. So um, I would like to know um, Gavel's position on the um, Chevron Doctrine. Um, I'd really I'd be curious to know. I'm going to hear him expand on that. All right. Thank you much. Wow. What's the Chevron Doctrine? <sighs> Something I'm going to have to look up first and foremost. <laughs> let me do a quick, let me do a quick uh, computation in the Google machine. I think I, I think I know what it is, but um, I just want to double check because it's been 14 years since I've been in law school. So what's all know. this smart stuff, Mars, that JB is bringing? She, she, she knows how to that. ask the right question. I was just going to so. say, what is going on here? She throws some curveballs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the reason why this is coming up also has to do with some recent decisions that have come down from the Supreme Court, which relates to whether federal agencies and their interpretations of laws and statutes should trump a court's interpretation of laws and statutes. Um, my opinion is that I don't know enough about it to weigh in at this point. Um, but, you know, I think that depending on how long the agency has been in existence and how many times they've had to interpret their regulations and how they've enforced them and how those enforcements have worked for the betterment of society. I think it's important to defer to those agencies as opposed to the court's interpretations, but I don't want to necessarily weigh in on something that could come back to haunt me in 15 years. If I get appointed as a federal judge and you're talking about precedents, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my um, brother's going to love this. He's going to be like, what a smart answer with, with the gavel. All right. <laughs> so but, but what, what type of law do I practice? Well, my primary practice started as nursing home abuse and medical malpractice for individuals that were the victims of malpractice or nursing home abuse. I still do a majority of that work for individuals that are harmed by medical professionals. Um, but five years ago, when I started my own firm, I got the opportunity to do a lot of independent consulting and work with uh, lawyers that do brain injury cases for athletes. So I actually do work on the NFL concussion settlement. I do work against the NCAA for athletes that have traumatic brain injuries. I'm actually working on a class action lawsuit in California right now for uh, bobsled and skeleton athletes that are Olympians that we're seeing them develop the same type of neurocognitive issues and traumas that football players do uh, from the G-force exposure that they have on the brain. So I do that type of work. I'm starting to do more civil rights work 
for individuals that have been wrongfully accused of crimes by the police or been subject to excessive force. Uh, I do some disability claims. I do some contract law. I do some, you know, small states. And I do pretty much a lot of personal injury. So car accidents, slip and falls. But I guess I practice the longest in medical malpractice and nursing home abuse. So if you know anyone that's got hurt in a nursing home or at a hospital or by a doctor, send them my way. I love Happy it. We got advertising also. We do it all over here. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the free plug. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, so we got to do like a 30 second spot, uh, get all that out there. And then I'll just start randomly playing it throughout our episodes. <laughs> just be, because, because our attorney, uh, it's, it's a free promotion for him. Uh, oh, I love it. That'd be great. All right. Up next is our friend, Zach. Oh, cool. Hey, the indie wrestling guy, Zach here. Uh, oh, been busy. Haven't had a chance to call lately, but with your guest this week of, uh, David Lawless, uh, I had to make time because I have a story, uh, that I wanted to share with him and, and I guess everyone really. Um, in 2019, I went to a QCW wrestling event. I think that's Quaker City Wrestling. I'm not sure. I know one of yep. you all could correct me if I'm wrong there, uh, to hang out with, uh, Butters and watch some wrestling, and it was a really good time. Bitcoin boys were there, Lee Moriarty, uh, Eddie Only, so on and so forth. But also, David Lawless was there, and I didn't know who that was. Seemed like a nice enough guy, though. Um, I was walking around the tables, and I picked up his business card, and I thought it was fun, and um, I put it in my wallet, and, you know, had a good time, whatever the rest of the event. And it's just kind of like most things in my wallet just sat in there for a very long time. So in, and I apologize if this is a little long, but uh, in 2020. No, Zach, it's not long-winded uh, at all. My father passed. <laughs> and I had to go to the funeral home to get his ashes. And I had to call the funeral home for some reason. I don't remember. Uh, and I went into my wallet and I went to get the business card of the funeral director to call him. And sure enough, you know, this was a year later, I <laughs> accidentally pulled out uh, the gavel, David Lawless Esquire's business card. And, uh, you know, obviously it was a hard time, right? And I just sat in the car and just kind of like cried laughed for a little while. Uh, and it was probably the first time that I had laughed since he passed. And uh, I just want to say oh. thank you, David Lawless. Uh, I don't know. You made everything pretty cool. Uh, that was my David Lawless story that I want to share with you guys. And wrestling can, wrestling can be great and, uh, make you really happy sometimes. So, uh, here's a question for you. Just, uh, change the subject for myself. Uh, why does no one tickle in wrestling? Why is tickling, you know, not a move? <laughs> Who would be a good tickler? Do you like getting tickled? And this is a question for everybody. I'm really just in the thing where I just move past emotional things with a joke. So, all right. Y'all take care and uh, talk to everyone later. Bye. Oh, man. Well, I, I guess, first of all, to Zach, uh, thanks for sharing that, honestly. Um, how cool is that? Like, you know, I, I when I got into wrestling at 30, like, I didn't know what was going to happen on this journey, right? And where I am now, I'm probably not going to get signed to a major wrestling company, but who knows, right? Um, but, man, just to be able to have those impact on people's lives and to be able to do those things. Um, it, it just, it means a lot to hear that. And as far as like people, you know, if you make it in pro wrestling, like, like I've already made it, like I, 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 I'm living the dream. I, 
became a professional wrestler. Everything else that happens after is just a bonus on top. And to hear something like that, just, it, it, it means a lot. Um, so I, you know, I don't know why people don't tickle and wrestle Zach either, but, uh, I can tell you that I would not be good if tickling was legalized because I am, I am a ticklish person. So if people want to know how to beat the gavel, then it would, I guess it would be to tickle me, but I don't want to give away too many secrets here. <laughs> Mars. <laughs> um, I'm hella autistic, so no on the tickling. <laughs> I thought I thought you were gonna give me a different answer on that one, Mars. <laughs> no, that's a big no. That's a big no no. That's a red, that's a that's a hard no. Yeah. Tickling. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would think say, I would I'm think CPA, say... by the way, would be the best tickler. <laughs> <laughs> he might. Frequent guest of the show. I love CPA. I thought he would be a great tickler. <laughs> is that what he was doing behind that dumpster we've wrestled twice i love oh, yeah? i love working with cpa yeah he's a great he's great he really is yeah. just a great dude he my daughter's his biggest fan he just i just think he would be perfect for that <laughs> yeah he, he's awesome yeah we've we've had we've had really good times together tell him i said hello please oh, when, of course when yeah he's out here you know he, he we see him at creative pro and uh, i just saw him last a uh, couple weeks ago at uh mm-hmm. the mecca so anytime he's on a card, we try to get out to see him. So it was it's, that it's uh, Black Label Pro on uh, Saturday. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's great. So Josh, do you, do you think he was just doing some tickling behind that dumpster? <laughs> I can only think he would be a he would have something gentle, some sort of gentle <laughs> <laughs> coochie cooing, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Please never say that again. Please, I'm it begging did, it you. It sounds awfully disturbing the way that came out. Well, it's, it, it was <laughs> it's meant to come out like that. I think. <laughs> I feel very uncomfortable right now. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm gonna say. Uh, I think MV would be a good tickler i think he, he's uh oh yeah he's a big bear i think he'd be he'd be a big tickler i think <laughs> not not disciples of pain version of mv but the newer version the the mv pittsburgh version i think yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting question it's actually not the first time someone's brought that up though well like, i mean like, i mean you're because it's a combat sport you're not supposed yeah. to tickle you're supposed to fight Tickling can be used for fighting. That's true. Fight. They've, been, they've been doing it wrong in MMA all these years. Right, right. They should be. They should be. One of the moves should be two thumbs into armpits and see how somebody gets uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't. I mean, and I know this is a little off topic, but did anyone ever watch the first couple UFC events, like one, two, and three? Mm-hmm. Of course. When I was at when, I, and I'm old. I'm much older than all of you. Um, but they were on Cablevision in Long Island. In uh, it was like ninety what two. 93 and uh we got one two and then it was banned from cable yeah. from pay-per-view for like four years and yeah. then we were able to pick it up again but yeah the first the first two we got to see uh on pay-per-view it is the fact that that that's still a thing after those first two events that they were allowed like, to punch each other in the balls they were allowed to do it they were just punching each other in the groin no, there were no weight classes no that guy yarborough the big uh sumo guy and the the little dude and just like elbowing his head till it was mushed yeah. like a great... it was like the the boxer that had the boxing glove and the then no was, boxing yeah, his glove. Name was Art, like, yeah, what was his name like Art or Arthur something? The guy went up against Hoist Gracie with one boxing glove. Like he thought that was a good idea. <laughs> the dude, but the guy punching the other dude in the balls was uh, 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 was unbelievable. Paul Varlins, yeah. you know, you had Oleg Taktarov, all those animals, and they Hank were allowed Abbott. to do whatever they wanted. Hank, well, Abbott, yeah, Abbott was Hank a little Abbott. bit. 
he was a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, that's he's true, more that's like true. emo, and they started to do a little bit more weight classes. But the original, oh man, just they were allowed to just do whatever they wanted to each other. It was I don't even know how they. Yeah, I, I agree, and it was banned for so long in Long Island. I, we never saw it. My my parents let me rent the first one. I don't know why, but it was awesome. Like, yeah, it, it's it's not on. Like I don't condone it. I'm glad that they like tightened it up and it has rules and everything. But there was no way that was going to last. I fu- I am all for it. I condone every bit of it and my to my enjoyment. I was like, this is like a video game. I can't believe what I'm watching. Like I, you know, I oh, you know what it reminded me of, which was like one of my favorite movies growing up. Best of the best two. Oh, the one where Sean, where Chris Penn was killed. Yeah, where, yeah, do yeah. You remember? Do you remember who the ringleader of the fight group was? I don't. Wayne I don't Newton. remember. Oh, <laughs> Wayne, Wayne Newton. Newton. Wayne Newton was the guy that sat on like the throne. It was almost like Mortal Kombat, right? When you had like Shao Kahn sitting there watching them, but that was Wayne Newton. Unbelievable. And then that was where, yeah, what's his name got, got killed in the first. Yeah, bout. Chris Penn. Yeah, he was yeah. the kid from the first one who couldn't break the uh, break the stones, the yeah. bricks. Yeah. What a great, yeah. what two great films that Could was have the- been any different from the first one was like real actual like olympic or yeah mod rashad was the announcer for the uh for the korea versus america fight james yeah. Earl jones was the coach yeah yeah and then they're like <laughs> well you know what for two we're just going extreme yeah they're it's just like, changing it completely like, it's what fast and the furious did basically yeah they were yeah they became <laughs> secret agents yeah yeah it was like <laughs> it was like you know what here's here's a movie about street racing and undercover agents and then it's like we're gonna go to tokyo and pretend like Nothing exists in America. And then when we come back, everyone's going to be like hybrid superpower people right. who are going to drive past like <laughs> submarines and shit. Well, no, best of the, like I had two movies on VHS when I was a kid that I watched nonstop. It was Bloodsport and Best of the Best. And I just yeah. could not, I, when, when, mm-hmm. and when UFC started, I thought it was Bloodsport. I was like, this That's is exactly, yeah, I'm like, this is exactly what they told me I was going to be able to see in the future. You know, yep. Street Fighter. I'm like, this yep. is it. And it's live. Yep. And they're gonna kill each other. And it- <laughs> did you see the bloodsport action figures that they just released? At yeah, San Diego we Comic-Con? we have a Discord. We're on a on the Pod Van Dam Discord, and we have a, a spot where we they they put up a lot of stuff. And we, I've been posting uh, pictures and and you know reels for that for ages. The big Van Dam like model, and they also have the smaller ones, but the big ones like three hundred twenty five dollars. Like the well, they're, the- no, they're re- they're re releasing the new ones though. Or oh, this are they? One? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I want. I would want the statue. I'm like the smaller figs are like not are no longer like where I want to collect. I'd rather get like something bigger and like have more yeah. of a display because you can only put so many figs on the wall. You know, after a while, I'm like, here, I need to get something else. I pulled the trigger and bought my first like sideshow piece. It took me 18 months for it to come from Tokyo, but my God, it was what worth is it? The Grim Knight Batman. So okay. three foot Batman statue. It's so. Ah, damn, three feet. feet? So this is the Grim Knight Batman, which is like from the multiverse. It's like the Punisher version of the Batman. Oh, and the statue is like three feet. It's awesome. Awesome. I the biggest piece I have is a Colossus statue, and it's about like it's it's about like a foot, foot and a half tall. Um yeah. so I'm trying to get back into like getting bigger things in here because there's I have these tiny figs. So interesting. Sorry, Sorry what got- else we got? Sorry, we got off topic. All I got, oh, it's no, great. That's, that's all I got. I'm, I'm best just, of the best. Ellen. Do we want to talk know, any other 90s? Uh, nobody brings up best of the best. Like, they sh- they should, though. They should bring it up all the time. 
That movie was I, unbelievable. The fact that it, Eric Roberts had to get his shoulder put back in to finish the fight was, and then I, I I'm like, that was fucking Eric Roberts. I'm like, that was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Nobody believed for a second he could do martial arts. No. And then, did you ever see Best of the Best three? No, it's not. D- don't. <laughs> I can look it up. I'm sure I'll see it one day. It's like it's like when I watch RoboCop three because Robo RoboCop's one of my favorite movies. RoboCop two was bad. RoboCop three is atrocious. RoboCop 2014 never happened. I like to say that that movie the the remake was never a thing. Awful. It, it's Awful. just an, a part of your imagination. It As a happened. young kid, I really liked RoboCop three, but now that I'm older, I only watch the first two when I watch them. I like I like well, yeah. I like the first two. They what was they, the third one? What did they do in that one? He like he got wings. He could fly. Oh yeah, he yeah. liked the jetpack, <laughs> and then yeah. uh, they killed off uh, they killed off his partner. And they, they have were like doing a, that to sell stuff. They had right? a cybernetic organism from Japan that was like, yeah. had like, oh, yeah, it looked like a fucking samurai, and he right? Like, he killed him yeah. pretty quick and he had like the machine gun arm. That yeah, was when they were doing out. the Robocop cartoon and they were trying to sell merch with uh, with, with his backpack on with the with the wings thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I definitely yeah, had that figure too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, they got that new game coming out, Rogue City in mm-hmm. September. Cannot wait. Is that a just RoboCop game? Up. Yes. Yeah. Is it a first person or is it yes. a third person? First, first person. I'm out. I'm out. Walking, walking around murking people as RoboCop, but not first person. I need third person. I want to see the character and see see them doing stuff. I can't. It, there's no. I I can't connect. I've never been a guy to play first person, so I'm I'm screwed if that happens. They got uh, they got Peter we go. Weller yeah. doing voice too. Yep. Yeah, dude. It, it, Marcy, it, it I take, can't it do it. It takes place in between. Uh, was it two and three? So like yeah. they have like every yeah I've been keeping an eye on it because I'm excited for it I'm gonna play the hell out of it yeah Damn, I would like to but I'm I I think alas I think that's not in the cards <laughs> it's got to be a, a third person shooter otherwise I'm screwed you'll be playing Spider Man then it's, oh it's, yeah yeah I'll get Spider Man and Wolverine and uh and and supposedly they want to do a third a third they're calling it like triple A style game where they're doing like open world so who knows I think it's Iron Man or Black Panther are gonna be the third one. Well, apparently there's a last Ronin game development too, which I'm all about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm I'm in for that as long as it's yeah as long as it's not you know totally first person. I think I could try it out. No, it'll probably be th- for last Ronin. It'll probably be third person. And then they I just need it. San Diego Comic Con. They're doing last Ronin too, uh, like a, a continuation of the story. They're doing a comic. A sec. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Another comic of it. I have to check that out. I there was a guy. There was a girl I went to high school with. Her father was. Uh, the lawyer, believe it or not, for the copyright for Eastman and Laird. Nice. And so we used to call her and her brother the Turtle Kids because, like, they had literally this was and this was early nineties, ninety one, ninety two. You know, black and white, yeah. and they had fucking everything turtles when we were kids. And I was so jealous. The girl and I are friends. Her brother's a lot younger, but uh, yeah, he, he they just cleaned up with that. You know, the property for that one. So. I'd love. Um, I would. I, I would have been jealous of them too. That was. That was my. Them and Power Rangers was my jam growing up. So. Well, Usagi Ojimbo was like m- was one of my absolute favorite like characters ever from the Turtles world. So you know, yeah. Because I, I, I'm older than you guys, like that was when that came out. That was like ground. I used to go to Forbidden Planet in Manhattan, and uh, that that Great comic shop. Yeah, yeah. And when it was still young in the '80s, I'd go there with my dad and get Turtles comics. So. There's Damn. a four pack of Usagi Ojimbo action figures coming out later this year. I have I have the NECA one on my wall. This dude who I who I know he he got me the the NECA one is up here. Yeah, 
And then, and then uh, I, one of these guys that I know and who owns a comic shop in Jersey got me all the, um, the Stan, uh, what's his name? The, uh, Stan, uh, the, the, the whole Scott. book. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Let's see. I got like every one of the books with, um, you know, like the, the evolution of the art and everything like yeah. that and other people. So yeah, Neck I love is that. Neko's doing dude. that four pack. Yeah. So it's going to be I, a four pack of Neko Usagi Ojibos. And it's going to be what? Like the, the cartoon or the black and white version? It's going to be the cartoon. So they're going to have like a samurai cybernetic. Then they're going to have an original cartoon. And then they're going to have just like Usagi. That's worth looking at. I, see, that's the kind of thing I would do. So it's got to be something special. I can't the, like this one off I got for free. So I wasn't I wasn't yeah. hunting it down. But yeah, yeah it'll be like a big box. It'd be cool. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I can shit. Talk, yeah. yeah. I, I can talk action figures all night. Butters, we should do a whole we should do another segment where we where we review action figures and, and 90s movies with the gavel. If, if, if y'all want to do the you'd be the first people to have the full tour of my collection if you want that. So, Fuck yeah, we should Ooh, do that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like Patreon content. This, here, this I is, agree. This is just so this is just in my bedroom. This is like what I have going on here. Like, here's my you can see this is just in the bedroom, like just some G.I. Joe. Are those the old are those the originals or those remake the G.I. Joe's? These are all the remakes. I don't have uh, originals. I wish I kept anything that I had in the eighties. I had every G.I. Joe. I had every turtle one yeah, one we, year we for Hanukkah. Yeah. My dad bought every he would do instead of giving my brother and I like seven gifts, he would buy one big one. So one year it was every Galoob uh WWF figure, the ring, the setup. We had we had Mean Gene in the ring, Vince on the outside, all the wrestlers. And then one year it was every turtle figure and shredder and the van. And we just bit the noses off and, you know, just yeah. fucked everything up. And yeah, I yeah, wish I knew a kid. Yeah. That's like you're having fun with it, you know? But now when I go into those stores and I see like the loose Galoob figures and I touch them and I'm like, oh my God, like I just like holding on to them. Just, it feels like, I just remember flinging it across a room or hitting somebody with them. And like, that was like the best feeling ever. Yeah. As I get older, I'm like dying for nostalgia. Like nostalgia is the only thing I hold on to at this point. <laughs> I I think, I mean, you look at the toy aisles and it, the toys are not catered to kids. But they're, you know what, they're, they're it's, it's, uh, it's becoming the point where they're, they're just putting out, you know, boxes and, uh, uh, you know, on cards that they, they're supposed to grab an adult and be like, oh, this is, this is the same thing. But as soon as you see that retro logo on it, you're like, fuck that. Like, that's not the same thing. It doesn't smell the same. It doesn't play the same. You know, no. it's like, I don't, I don't want it, you know? I want the original bone crunching action figures. I would, that, yeah. And that's why I have, I have an own heart, um, from 1993 i got it at the wrestling universe out here and uh that's like the the pride and joy of my collection is looking at that owen hart on a mint yellow card from wwf 1993 otherwise most of the stuff is all you know it gets to be retro and silly yeah so anyway butters what else do we do how do we end it I don't know. It's uh, it's just one of those <laughs> things. Like, I mean, obviously we're gonna go. We let him do his plugs at the end. That's yeah, usually so how yeah, we kind of wrap do your up. Plugs. Yeah. Uh, and then that that'll be it. And then much. we'll edit it up when we put out the uh, super episode. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I I want to first thank you all for having me on and for the questions oh, and your time too. So, Thanks, man. That was, was great. That was almost two hours. That's awesome. Pleasure to wrap with y'all about this. Um. I guess for plugs, let me start with promotions I work for. So I wrestle for uh, wrestle and or, you know, am involved in victory championship wrestling in West Virginia run by the beast man. Um, enjoy wrestling out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. 
Rise Wrestling out of Uniontown, Pennsylvania. IWC Wrestling, International Wrestling Cartel out of Elizabeth slash Pittsburgh. I think I said enjoy, but I'm going to say enjoy again out of Pittsburgh since they are the premier promotion. Imagine Wrestling out of Altoona. Pro Wrestling Conquest out of Charleston, West Virginia. Uh, I may be making an appearance at RWA coming up here soon. Renegade Wrestling Alliance. We will see. 2PW Wrestling in Worthington, Pennsylvania. Uh, Gosh, am I forgetting anyone? 880, obviously, because I'm the owner of the building. 880 Wrestling. Um, My goodness. I'm trying to think of who else I worked for. I think I I touched them all. I think I touched them all for now. I'm sure someone will let me know if I don't. Um, And then on socials, you can follow me. uh, The Gavel David Lawless on Facebook. Gavel David Lawless on Instagram. And Gavel Lawless on Twitter. And that's about the that's the most capacity I have for social media in today's day and age. That's plenty. <laughs> yeah, it's more than enough. Once my wrestling career is over, my social media will be virtually gone. So I feel that. All right. Yeah. Well, thank, thank thanks y'all. again, man. Yeah, we'll yeah, have you on thank you so again. That would be great. Uh, thank you. We should Let get you know. on in the in the fall. We'll get we'll get some more content and we'll do we'll do some toy conversations, some uh, best of the best. We could do that. Mars, we could do a watch along. Hell yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you do stuff with X over anytime. Like you get them on for X over, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. That would be perfect for that show. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, everyone. man. Thanks. We'll see you on, uh, on the uh, shows, and uh, we'll definitely be seeing you at the shows. I know we, Butters goes to all those and Marcy. Yeah, I'll, so. be, uh, I'll be there Friday for 880. Uh, Marcy will be there with me. JB will be there as well. We're, we're, we we're coming down them. to hang out. So. We're you all do... coming down to Taco Fest too? No. Uh, so the the way we're doing it is Friday we're doing uh, 880. Then Saturday is the AIW Hardcore Tournament in Jefferson. And yep. then they're going back home. I'm going back to where I live uh, north of Youngstown. So Niles yep. has the uh, Wrestling Under the Star show. And, oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go see Vikingo and uh, Commander wrestle. So sick. As Sweet. much as I want to go now, that I really want to go to to Taco the, to the Taco, uh, you know, because you, everybody's gonna be there, and then I like tacos, but uh, I don't. Gringo Loco's gonna be there. Dan Champion. Yeah. Kaplan Cap- versus MV Young. Kaplan yeah. versus MV Young is yeah. going to be. Is that live? Are they stream? Are you guys streaming it? No, uh, it'll probably be on their Patreon, probably. Probably. Fuck. Probably. Yeah. Kaplan versus MV is going to be just <laughs> unbelievable. That's, yeah, that's, uh, I, I'm really bummed I'm going to miss that, but uh, I, I already kind of promised I'm going to help my buddy. Right. He has a figure store that sponsors the uh, Wrestling Under the Stars thing, so I'm going to help him with that. So I get in for, you know, free and everything and can't pass up seeing Viking Go and Commander. Uh, plus, the no. acclaimed are going to be there. And uh, I, I haven't seen them since uh, before Max. their title win. So Max is my mother-in-law's neighbor. <laughs> See him on the boardwalk in Long Island all the time. So, uh, so MB and Kaplan were supposed to fight each other in a no ring here in Pittsburgh. Yes, I remember they that. Won- oh yeah, they wound up getting shut down by the liquor control board. I was supposed to be. I was supposed to wrestle Colin Delaney on that show. And my buddy ca- uh, Orange is, is uh, Colin's uh, buddy, and he was down there for that. They actually, I remember him being down there for that. Yeah. Let me right. ask you something. Does it? Do you have to change what you do to be in a bar match because, like, you're falling on the floor, like, or do you just do what you normally do? Oh, you completely change. Yeah, yeah. right. 
completely change it. What is it? The just first, a lot, lot more punch and kicks and like lot, lots of punch and kicks. If you're going to do like a, like a slam or anything, like that's pretty much going to be like the only thing you do. Um, the first no ring I did was against Billy Dixon uh, during fashion week in Brooklyn on the rooftop, on some rooftop bar. Get out of here. Really? Yeah, it was cool. I stayed at the Thomas Edison hotel when I was up there. Okay. Beautiful spot. Um, I can't remember the, the name of the bar in Brooklyn, but they had like, what was nice about it was they actually had like turf on the roof. It was like a metal roof with like turfing over it. Yeah. So it was crazy though. Like I, so I wrestled Billy and there were only two no ring matches. It was me and Billy. And then it was MV and um, Cas- Casanova Valentine, which, you know, they were going to, they did the doors and the light tubes and everything. So uh, Billy and I's big spot was uh, I got a mini ladder from a Lowe's or whatever home improvement store I could have. And I got, took a rock bottom through the mini ladder. Oh shit. Uh, <laughs> that was like up against the stage, but you know, it's crazy. Like, coming from pittsburgh where you know those big box stores are basically they have their own space yeah you know, like taking an uber to like an ace hardware and just seeing how all the shit was crammed on top of it itself like how they had like 10 foot ladders right next like everything was like jammed in. i think i think it just depends on where you went um you know we out by out here those stores are gigantic you have you know and then it, i think it's just how they cram the stores into the space they have you know what i mean this was like in the city proper. Um, yeah, yeah. But that's just that was, all. It's all based on how they got to mush, you know, whatever space they have, put a building yeah. in there. So it was cool. It was actually the night. It was the night after Trump's first impeachment. Yeah. So uh, I got to I got to break up the fashion show by saying that I just flew in from D.C. after helping <laughs> after helping my buddy get off some bullshit charges. Oh, that's red. Oh, it's the uh, Donald J. Trump, the J stands for Jesus line, which was coined by <laughs> oh, Jock Sampson. <laughs> oh, my God. They must have lost their fucking shit in there. They, yeah. hate, they hated it. And and what's, what's also funny is Casanova reached out to me in November and asked me to come up to New York to do a no ring on election night. And I was like, no, I got to vote and everything, and I'm not going to make it. And I don't know if anyone remembers this, but the no ring that Casanova did spilled out into the street and the New York Post actually picked it up and thought it was an election night fight between a Biden supporter and a Trump supporter. And they were on the front page of the New York Post. (laughs) And it was like, yeah, this is just this is like a performance art. That's amazing. That's amazing. (laughs) Oh, man. Well. Listen, it was a pleasure. I got to run uh, yeah, I gotta, for work I tomorrow. Bed too. I got. But yeah, we'll gotta, be we'll be seeing you, man. Thanks okay. so much, and we'll Take definitely care, tap Thank into you. you again. I hope. Yeah, of course, my pleasure. And I guess we could jump right into our review now uh, that everybody has, episode uh, has heard our uh, interview with the gavel, David Lawless. Uh, thank you for coming on. We appreciate you. That dude rules. I got to talk to him for like five hours. I know. Uh, there's so many people we want to have on again and talk to again. And it's uh, the list just keeps growing of people that we uh, want to have back on to but talk I, about everything. I, I mean, his story is fascinating. I mean, it, it just really is. He's the fact that he's a um, um, the fact that he's a, a you know licensed lawyer, all the, the chaos he's gotten into as far as the business goes. Um, things he knows about wrestling. I mean, it's it's amazing. It literally it's amazing. 
So I, can't I hope wait. everybody enjoys that. Yeah. I can't wait uh, to have him take my grandma's car and house from her. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> I guess that'll show her. <laughs> yeah. She calls me tonight and she called me tonight and made me angry. And I was like, I'm going to take it away from you. Yep. She asked you to take the garbage out again. No, uh, that sounds really horrible, but like she lives 10 minutes. I live like 10 minutes away from her and she'll call me in the middle of the night and be like, I forgot to take my garbage out. And I'm like, it can wait till next week. (laughs) Like in Seinfeld, give me the right old bag. (laughs) Uh, Let's get into our review. IW Guide presents another 880 wrestling review. Ooh, that's like a serious tone. I like that. Man, we were on Dotty Block again. The end of July. It was a hot night. July 28th, 2023. New Kensington, Pennsylvania. A storm rolled in in the middle of the show. It was, we were, I don't know, 100 people deep in there. It was hot. I thought I was going to die at one point. Uh, it was a really good show. Well, I was yeah. smart and wore a tank top. So I wore one too. Did not matter. It was this hot. And I saw the both of you the whole time on on the show. The whole time. You guys were right there, front and center on the hard cam, facing my, the ring. And every my, time they went into the crowd, we saw you. My sign uh, got mentioned quite a bit on commentary. I had the uh, I'd rather be a club aqua sign. <laughs> well, Toddy was all was all up on in that top of his game that night as oh, well. The, the, I, I, I have things to mention about him especially during this first match uh, that we'll get into here. Uh, but yeah, they, they start off, you know, thanking us. We were in the house, Marcy and I and JB. Yeah. I thought that was very nice. Uh, and then throughout, you know, we got shout outs throughout the night uh, and our little, our little fun quips that uh, we, we have going back and forth with Toddy. So uh, up first, Junie Underwood comes out uh, and he has been just stealing everybody's uh, like entrance gear. When he comes out, usually it's Tatiana stuff. This time it was MV's baseball bat. Um, and he was facing Satan's favorite saint, Brandon St. James, who has a very luscious, beautiful beard, by the way. Like up close on that thing, it's just it's it puts mine to shame. It's it's a it's a very beautiful uh, it's, beard. It's incredible. Yeah, it's uh, I, want, I want to touch it, but I'm not a weirdo that just touches other men's beards without, you know, without consent. Consent yeah. is key. Yeah. Well, that was um that was the first time I saw Junie and uh and the I when it said when he said King of Pittsburgh, when he came out, I was like, huh, I was like, that's like three kings of Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, that's a weird way of announcing Charlie Butters. But, you know, I, I'm I'm a prince. I'm not a king. I'm, I'm just a uh, prince. A prince, prince of Pittsburgh. What am I? The the pup of? Can I be the pup of Pittsburgh? You're like the guard dog that you know that they put out around the moat. <laughs> the, the pup of Pittsburgh. It the, has pup, a little... the pup of Pittsburgh. Jesus Christ! <laughs> we keep the alliteration. <sighs> pup of Pittsburgh. Well, um, yeah, I thought the match was good. Um, uh, one of the themes I will say, and I'm not. I know it's a school, so I'm not quick to to uh, shit on anything. I did think that a lot of the matches were a little long. I thought this one kind of went overstate its welcome just a tad bit too long. I thought a few of the a, a few a few of them did, but um, um, the match was good. 
just a little long. I think they got across what they wanted. And I'm going to always shout out good crowds. That crowd, holy crap, do they love 880 and love being there. Mm-hmm. What a vibe. It's a good time. Yeah. So, like, Toddy started talking about Pokemon, and I had no idea what the fuck was happening. There was, they're talking about water types, fire types, which I, I get the concept of uh, with Squirtle and Char, Charizard and stuff like that. Did you um, mean break it down for you? No, no, thank you. Uh, I hate Junie's finisher because it's the sister Abigail, essentially, and I fucking hate that move. Um, but I mean, he makes it look gross when he hits it, that people sell it pretty well for him. He hit these double knees on the outside up against the, uh, turnbuckle. And then he hit two more sets inside. Uh, and, uh, then he countered a hurricane Rana into a power bomb, which was pretty great. Uh, there's an awkward forearm attempt from Brandon St. James, but they kind of, uh, got back to what they were trying to do without it looking too, too silly. Uh, Brandon St. James hit a hurricane Rana and a blue thunder bomb for two he misses a swanton bomb junie hits a spin kick for two uh which featured a bunch of like trying to like run around the ring quickly to i don't know what to do what but it came off dumb uh brandon st james counter junie's finisher into the roll-up for three um so they're tied one one and there will be a third meeting eventually down the road apparently so yeah i thought i i did meant i did see that awkward forearm exchange but i i take into account that it is you know there I, I don't know if it was awkward or if it just made it feel more real because he like kind of ran at him and like tried no, to like it throw it didn't look good on the on the feed like it just looked kind of like what like what yeah. are we doing now so that's all i mean there was there were very few of those though the whole night so yeah yeah this was everybody was on on point for the most part like there's a few hiccups here and there but for the most part uh it was all forgivable um yeah. a lot of these people are in their first year still and it's you know shit happens mm-hmm. yep up next, uh, Rosie the Ref is out, and we got the runway versus Cowpoke Paul and Christian Yor, and their tag team name is Please Drink Responsibly. I love that. I love that so much. After uh, after talking to the runway, there's there is not another there's a, there's very few tag teams that I like as much as the runway. <laughs> <laughs> like and and they come out and they are I know it's it's there. I mean, they're just professionals. You can just see it. Like my brother and I constantly say it at indie shows. But when you see, like, you go to an AIW show, let's say first match sometimes is doesn't always. It, you know, could be a students match when we back in the old days. It could have been like you know, two. It could have been just a short one. And then as you start getting in the card, you start seeing the guys who don't, who are fluid, who don't miss moves, who don't. You know, that's the runway. Anytime you see the runway on the card, you know the match is going to go as planned and uh their charisma and everything else that comes along with them is it's through the roof it's like through the fucking roof yeah yeah i think tyler klein is my favorite no offense but i I like tyler klein (laughs) so the runaway jump paul and nor uh then they go to the standard tag fair nor is your face in peril um the the runaway really excels at cutting off the ring uh what's his gimmick by the way Christian Noor. Yeah. What is it? I, I don't the, know. The... He's just like uh, a dude with some face paint. and But he spits mist and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. You know, he's just a spooky boy. Okay. All right. Um, I, I respect that. Noor gets the hot tag. Uh, it's cowpoke. Uh, cowpoke makes the runway hit a stunner on themselves. Uh, goes for the pin. Only gets two. They he tags back out to Nor for some reason, like pretty quickly after that, even though like Nor just spent like a bunch of time getting his ass whooped. 
but then Cowpoke gets low blowed and uh, Nor goes to spit the mist at Tyler and misses and hits uh, Paul. So, and Tyler's laughing at Paul getting misted in the face. So Nor grabs and kisses Tyler and gets the mist all over Tyler's mouth. Uh, by the time Rosie gets undistracted from what was going on, she calls for the bell and your winner by DQ. Paul and Christian Newar, Cowpoke Paul and Christian Newar win by DQ uh, in love, a very fun, clever finish. way. Yes, it was a very clever, very fun finish. You keep you keep the runway looking strong because they deserve it. So, well, yeah, because they were gonna uh, wrestle for the eight, uh, the uh, excuse me, the enjoy tag titles on, uh, that Sunday uh, at Taco Mania. So you know you can't uh, can't be getting beat clean before you have a title match. I mean, there'll be a little bit more of that uh, later on the show. Yeah. So let's see here. Toddy mentions taking a, a face full of mist from Sue Young. And I just want to let him know that some people would pay for that, Toddy. Just saying. <laughs> um, MV Young comes out to the ring for a town hall. Uh, he welcomes us to his uh, big ass barbecue. Uh, he talks about his students and how a year ago he started uh, having students um he mentions having to deal with uh our interview guest this week david lawless and how lawless owns 880 now and also having to deal with the 27 club uh and then uh yeah issues an open challenge and uh it is answered quickly by a member of the 27 club sam hardway holloway and Derek came out with a whistle a la fonzie and thankfully he didn't blow it continuously throughout the entire match um, that funk that terry funk t-shirt was on point though for sure for sure yeah yep. it was yeah derek derek and sam are um sam for sam being such a rook he i mean he amazes me every time i see him he could be my favorite like if you ask me my young my favorite like young star up and comer i would give it to sam i mean oh, for sure for sure he's easily he, I mean, he, I'm, uh, look, he, I give MV tons of credit because he carries, you know, MV is, is a professional also. But Sam, my God, man, like he just he's starting to learn how to feed off the crowd. He's starting to learn like when to fire up and, you know, when to be that big guy. When MV went nose to like chest with him, that was some sight because MV's not a small guy. And yeah. He goes chest nose to chest with Sam Holloway. He's just huge. And look. It was the, probably my favorite match of the night. I would oh, say. It was a bang. It's yeah, it's easily my favorite. You wouldn't know Sam's only in his first year. Like he's just coming to the end of his first year by watching this match, right? And he looks great. He got himself in even better shape than he's been in since uh, since we saw him originally. So, you know, good on that kid. I just, I just, it's a pleasure watching him kind of develop. So they started off with chops. Uh, I wrote down uh, in big letters, "Big boy shit." Uh, cause they're just chopping the fuck out of each other. Uh, at one point MV gets, uh, Sam into the corner and does machine gun chops. And then he goes, he, he goes back out of the corner and runs to, goes to run back in and gets caught by a clothesline by Sam. Uh, they go into the crowd and start chops again, which just sounded like gunshots. And we were like right there by them as they were doing this. And it was just, uh, rough. Hardway does a step over the top rope onto the middle rope and hits a jumping elbow drop, which just shows, you know, how uh, gifted he is uh, athletically. Um, it's definitely something you would think to see Mike Awesome do. 
Um, and I'll, I'll make those references every once in a while to Mike Awesome because we always, you know, call him, you know, the next Mike Awesome. But I think he's going to be his own his own thing. But there's some definite influence from Mike Awesome. You can see what just how athletically gifted he is. Um, if I, I could get I just want to give a little bit of advice to our boy, Sam uh, Hardway Holloway. Sam, if you're listening and I know you, you sometimes listen, um, you got to take that certified certified big boy shit slogan and just run with it, man. Put it on every shirt, sticker, and just make CBB dollar sign and just do whatever you need to do, but make that you because that is you and it's a great fucking slogan. You got to use it. I, I am. I, 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 I love that term. And, and, you know, I wish that it, I, I know it will get picked up more, but use it for everything. That's you. Be certified big boy shit with everything you do and use that logo. Put CBB dollar sign on everything you have. Just make a plain shirt. Find out, find some good font, get a good artist to do that for you. Just put that right on the front and wear that everywhere you go. It is a great fucking gimmick. I love it. MV hits oh. a belly to belly off the top rope. <laughs> Sorry, but no, you're, you're good. You're good. Yeah. Uh, MV hits this fucking overhead belly to belly off the top rope. That was just incredible. Uh, he follows it up with a big German suplex and a cannonball in the corner. Uh, he runs at Sam in the corner and gets caught with another just gross fucking clothesline from Sam. That oh, that was just so was, Oh, it sounded so fucking gross in person. And I didn't, I don't think it came across as well on, on camera, but God damn, it sounded gross. Like he hit him so fucking hard. Uh, but MV gets back up, hits a sick kick and then a brain buster uh, for three. Uh, that was a fun fucking match definitely go out of your way to see that match if you only watch one match on this show watch that match it was really good yeah we said at the beginning of the the match this is definitely the match of the night by far yep uh jack sheridan then comes out uh for a town hall he talks about his investment portfolio and he calls out his new manager marcus mann uh they have some words back and forth uh, then out comes Jace Carr, who uh, Marcus Mann has found uh, to face Jack Sheridan. Uh, match kind of goes on. Marcus Mann kind of playing against Jack Sheridan, giving Jace Carr some information. Uh, you know, wh- you know, whispering stuff to him. Jace Carr went for a uh, he took a fucking header to the outside on to yeah. Jack and Marcus. That's oh, that looks so gross. Yeah, yeah he meant, he he went straight down. Like, yeah, that was that was rough. Why don't guys use the rope? Like, put their hands out and pull themselves over. Because if you're trying to clear it, if you don't have clearance, you're going straight down on your face. That's that like, risk you take. It's a high risk maneuver, man. That's yeah. that's what the high risk is. Uh, <laughs> Sheridan gets him back in the ring and put locks in a bully choke and uh, gets the win by TKO. So I like the bully choke when it's done right. It was done perfectly. Oh yeah, that was it was a good follow up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, up next, Jack Pollock comes out, and uh, he is you know the hardcore legend of Pittsburgh, uh, very Sandman esque, if you will. Uh, and the gavel David Lawless, uh, friend of the show, and our interview guest this week came out, and uh, they mentioned my sign again. I'd rather be at Club Aqua. You get all the greatest hits from, uh, you know, our, our little, our favorite show. I think you should leave. Uh, he, they call him the, uh, the crooner, uh, the wrestling crooner, all that kind of fun stuff. They go back and forth a little bit. David Lawless, uh, then says that Jack Pollock's going to face the beast man in the no DQ match. 
And uh see, what do I have here? Pollock starts off with a garbage can. Uh, a heavy bag gets used. Pollock sprays yeah. mustard in Beastman's face. I was just about to say we get some mustard. <laughs> Wait, they went outside for a second when I was watching the, yeah, the video. Yeah, they went outside when it was, it was raining. And it was pouring. You just saw them kind of reverse course and come back inside. But <laughs> can I please? I, I like the Beastman. I'm sure he's a very nice guy. But you 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 can't go this long. This beast, the Beastman can't this have this long was of a so match. so fucking long, dude. I was, was dying. I was like, please... <laughs> Please end this match. You can't please. do a match with the Beast Man that goes like 18 minutes. You can't do that. You ah, can't they do did. it. They did. You just can't do it. Uh, and I watched Man. it. I'm like, this guy, I thought when every time he went to the top rope, come that last like 12, 13 minute mark, I was like, he's going to die in there. The match was so long. I just, just stop. Just Beast Man's supposed to go short. That's his game. He's big, huge dude. Should be impossible to knock him down when you do the match is over, right? Nope. It's like, let's do some <laughs> chain wrestling. Let's do some hardcore wrestling. Let's spray each other with food. Let's put some chairs down. Let's go back into the crowd. Let's go up to the top rope. Let's fall off the top rope. I, I do like the spraying people with food part of that. So keep that part then. Yeah, so, you can yeah. keep it in, but do it in the third minute of the match. Don't do it in the 12th or 13th minute. Like, My it's, God. It's super crowded, super hot, and they're they're fighting in the crowd. I'm just like, please go back in the ring, and it's too hot for you guys to be out here. I'm getting crowded. This is <laughs> this is killing me. Uh, Beastman hits a fallaway slam through a door. Uh, then they're back in the ring and tax get brought into the match. Uh, Pollock, uh, tries to put a sleeper on beast man and climbs on his back. Of course he gets dropped into the tax. Pollock power bombs beast man through a table. And that's still not the finish of the match. Uh, there's like two fucking drop kicks after that. And then that's the finish is a fucking drop kick to beast man's face. Yep. Uh, I've never seen a drop kick finish a match. I don't, I don't know if he has bionic body parts as, as Toddy would say, uh, but a drop kick is not a finish. Uh, please, please. I know he's been around for fucking ever in a day. Uh, Jack Pollock has, but something else, please. Something else. Yeah. For a finish. Beast, the, the, the table should have been it, honestly. Just, yeah, that's that was the perfect place to end it. That was, there's, there's no better place than when you put a 350 pound man through a fucking table. Uh, just end it there. There's, there's nothing that's going to beat that. Just, don't try, please. A drop kick is was not the way to finish that. Unless there's a story there and it was supposed to be the finish and then they just had to improvise. I don't know. But that just ugh. Ugh. <laughs> so we go to intermission. Uh intermission uh was was I don't know how long, what, forty five minutes or so. A band played. This, yeah, I, I skipped I, all that obviously. Yeah, I was um, glad because I, I couldn't we went get outside through. at the show. We went outside and hung out. It's a cool vibe, though, you guys. Like you, you were lucky to be there with that, you know, with the band and and all, all I, that stuff going on. I wish there was an actual hardcore band on it. Can we get? Can we? Can we petition that to get like? What I kind pro- of band was I it? Prom- I promise I won't crowd kill anyone. I swear. I promise I will be on my best behavior. So get- I, the next Pittsburgh time we go, has, Pittsburgh it- has a sick hardcore scene. That's all I'm saying. The next time we go, it will probably be fall, so it'll be a lot cooler, so it won't be as brutal uh, to deal with the heat. Um, And we'll see about that then, Uh, because I think we're going to do something with them down the road. Um, That's that's pretty important. I'm I'm kind of excited. I was thinking about it a bunch today, and I think I came up with some fun stuff. So, But anyway, uh, we come back from break. Uh, This is where I actually went to the bathroom. 
Uh, I came back to see the start of this match. Uh, well, to see the entrances. We got Steel Dragon from the basement. Uh, he stinks like shit because he lives down there. Uh, and he last week attacked Marco, who was the ring announcer on Thursdays. And Marco was like, no, I'm not going to take this shit and fought back. Uh, and Marco is here making his debut and his attire left very little to the imagination <laughs> brothers packing a hog um i knew that was coming i mentioned this yeah. I, well, the best part is like marco dm'd us on instagram and was like oh you know thanks for mentioning that i'm excited for it, whatever and i i didn't see it where i i have the i have our mentions turned off so i, I messaged back to him like oh you know it was great da, 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 da. your outfit was uh was something else um Congrats it, on the hog. It's it just yeah, <laughs> seriously, like it was you, you couldn't fucking get away from it. You look at the just watch the match. Like it's there in every single angle. Like you could see every angle of it. It's it's a very impressive. Good for you. Yeah. Good for yeah. you. Yeah, good way to go, Marcos. <laughs> good for you, Marco. Yeah. Uh the Marco would be a really great heel with some of the stuff that he does. Um, I just kind of like some of the the chokes and stuff he was pulling off and like rubbing up his leg and stuff like that. I think is definitely what did, made. For what like did Rosie a, say? He does like a, a diva style, like the Bella yeah. style. Yeah, but I feel like it could definitely work as like a heel type thing. Some of the stuff that he does. Um, but for now, he's a face, and eighty crowd loves him, and uh, you know us included. We, we I love him. He's he's fun. Uh, the match went back and forth and uh there's a little bit of interference and marco hit the death odil for the three which is a uh love that uh, name oh uh, what the what what's the other name uh the eat defeat i guess is what most people would know it as soul, if, uh, soul, soul food. food soul food yeah so but yeah that's uh the death odil is the the version for marco which fits perfectly um so yeah uh, that this was is- uh this is a guy. I'd say this is a pretty good debut. That's a, I've never. I've like I, I mentioned to Marco too. Was like I'd never seen somebody like win in their debut. Like I, everybody always freaking loses. Like 95 percent of the time you lose your debut match. Correct. So I saw for, that. for Marco to get that win, I was yeah. like, cool. That's that's awesome. Um, yep. you know, Marco still needs some work, and that's you know the first match. You're gonna there's gonna be some stuff like that. I didn't. Nothing always. was too overly glaring that like I, I was just like, oh, that was horrible. Like what the fuck? No, like. The match was very watchable. It came off fine. Um, so that's 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 the best I can say about it. What do you got, Jay Gold? Anything? No, that's it. There's you said it fun, right. There's a lot of fun stuff in this. <laughs> Lots of hog and good match. So good to go. <laughs> I'm yeah. not the one doing it this time. Wow. No, you're not. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> I'm being respectful. But, but you absolutely. Well, you know, so you know, as men, you know, we can we can appreciate I, a, a a hog or two. You know, sure. I'm not. I'm look. I am not. Um. Um. What's the term? I, I I am I am not uh uh arrogant enough to think that I am doing better. So good for Marco. Right, right. Doing I mean, much it's better like than we're me. asking to see it or something. That's not that's not happening here. So that's true. yeah. Respectful hog talk. Okay. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's respectful right, I'm hog board. talk. I'm on board for oh, it. New uh, new episode title, respectful uh, hog talk. Yeah, that'll be yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so um but uh marcy did tell me off air that if you have an only fans she would like to subscribe so let us know if you have an only fans sure um, are you anyway, putting me out there like that uh because you're our only fans correspondent marcy because you're the content oh, that's right. queen remember yeah exactly that's right. you, you you put yourself out there 
I also have one, onlyfans.com slash egirlfanboyboys spelled D O I. Yeah. Maybe y'all could collab or something. I don't know. I have I have <laughs> I have a uh, video series coming up that might tie to that soon on YouTube. Sweet. I'll tell uh, I'll tell you about it off the air. Okay. Uh up next, the production comes out. Yeah. And uh, you know, they're on they're in rare form as usual. And they challenge anybody at 880. And well, uh, can I say Ziggy was more unhinged than normal? <laughs> just losing her shit. I have Full I have pitbull. pictures of Ziggy doing the jerk off motion at somebody in the crowd, and I was fucking cackling the whole time it was happening. Full um, it's the full face yeah. while it was happening. Full pitbull. The production comes out. Of course, the professionals they are. They they are. Their gimmick is tidy. It's neat. They know exactly who they are. I love that. It was Repping great. Cleveland. Yep. The, uh, Derek loves that shit. He loves it. He loves it. He loves yelling at people. He loves just Derek. Just Derek wants a person to jump in the ring so he can kill them. That's what Derek wants. He's <laughs> he had, wants some, he had the first time I went to 880. Somebody grabbed his foot and was like trying to fuck with him. Yeah, so it, it was he wants them to come in and lay hands. He just wants to throw and throw. I love it. I love when Derek just goes off in in, in Pittsburgh. It's the best. So they have an open challenge, uh, and it's fulfilled by the Wildflowers, Nick's Wild, and Tatiana, the Unwilting. Uh, this is a huge test for them, uh, and I think this match really showed how well they've, uh, you know, been coming along because I was, they, I felt like I was, they held their own. I was gonna say that because the first, the first AAA show we reviewed was back in February. I think we had for both of them, we had uh, separate criticisms, but even in this, what it's now four months, five months, like they've improved leap. Both have improved leaps and bounds and Mm -hmm. get along with the production. It's granted the production that we've discussed, their pros are the best, but to a certain extent you do have to keep up and they certainly kept up. Oh yeah. When you get in the ring with them, like obviously they're not going to let you drown, but they also, I think held their own. And I thought it was uh, something I want to see more of, uh, see them go again. It was a real. It was like a real coming out party for them. Yeah, this match. Uh, well, it's Nick- like, look, you're with Derek. He's an. He's a. He's a, a student of the game. He's an instructor. You know, you're getting. You're learning when you're in there with Derek. Mm-hmm. No matter what school, whatever, wherever he's going, you're going to learn from him. I mean, he teaches, and that's you know, you you might as well get as many hours or reps in the ring with Derek as you can. So Derek and Ziggy basically bully Tatiana, um, and Tatiana's a face in peril throughout uh, the match. Nix gets in several times, whoops a mass. Uh, they have a stare down with Derek several times. The tactical glitter, I think, uh, was really impressive on Nix. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Nix hit, so hit a bunch of like, you know, picked Derek up and hit a Death Valley driver, uh, picked Tatiana up and hit a Death Valley driver on her onto Derek uh, for two. Uh, Ziggy hit a top, like a second rope leg drop on Tatiana at one point. Um, at one point, they all exchanged chops and forearms, and uh, it was pretty gross. Uh, Derek was just lighting Tatiana up. All throughout, Derek really bullied Tatiana and really lit her up with a lot of stuff, but she she showed heart and pulled through a lot of it. Um, and then it just came down to, you know, the experience of the production. They hit the uh, final cut, and... Uh, that was it. Like I said, this was a this is a fantastic match. Of course, I love it. If if um MV and Sam were number one, this was a pretty close number two. For sure, for sure. Yep. 
And we get uh, we get some we get some hobby, hyping, hyping up of Taco Mania and some shenanigans That's after right. the match. What is what does she say? The runway comes out and they start they start getting up in the production's face and they called Ziggy a bitch and she said something like, I'm the bitchiest bitch to ever bitch in this bitch. <laughs> I was like, that's the best. Ziggy just was try she just couldn't I- <laughs> I was like, she's trying to get something else out, or is she just going to go with that? Nope, she's going to go with that one. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so they, they hyped that up, um, which is cool. Got a little preview, a little, uh, you know, attack ski on the uh, runway. Left them laying. So we move on to the next match, which is going to be amateur wrestler Reese Hayes against uh, our friend, uh, the first person to wish me happy birthday on my birthday uh our good friend shaw mason wait it wasn't me it was shaw mason shaw mason fuck yeah first one i saw was uh on my facebook messenger i got a message from him so i texted you personally i don't need to you might have put it out i'm there. just i'm just saying that you know <laughs> when i woke up that morning that was the first one i saw so good for you shaw way to kiss him to the boss man over here <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this match was, as you could imagine, but both being amateur wrestlers, fucking excellent. Um, at one point, Shaw puts a chair in the corner and it gets used a little bit later when Shaw gets smacked in the head with it. Uh, when he gets thrown into the corner, Reese gets a roll up and gets his first victory in 880. We're all, losing, we're all losing our fucking minds. And then David Lawless came out. And he informed us that because the chair is an illegal weapon, the match was reversed and Shaw Mason won by DQ. Look, so I, this I, was I, also oh, for I Shaw don't... Mason's medals, by the way, too. So it was. for I a moment, Reese Hayes had Shaw Mason's medals. I'd won them. So I don't I don't like it, but I guess he's he's not our friend is not wrong. And our lawyer is not wrong, I guess. Yeah, I I kinda disagreed with him on this decision, but I mean he he knows what he's doing, so I, I guess we're well, just gonna just, go with it. You know, I guess okay. I'm not gonna argue against our lawyer. It's a bad. It's a bad. Let's not do that. <laughs> he's gonna take away your grandmother's car and house. I I don't have much else to take away, but I don't want to lose that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that happens, and uh, what is next? Uh, yeah. So up next is uh sid von england and casey Ward. oh yes yes so let's let's talk about my man sid who wrestles... i'm so happy we got to see sid <laughs> he wrestles in a polo shirt and he pulls up his pants so high <laughs> i love sid i didn't realize he was such a technician because it's an actual remember when we saw him when he debuted like what was it a few years ago in a dark match with aiden and uh he was like they were like the hockey hooligans or whatever remember aiden came out with like a a field hockey stick and sid it was just when they were the von englands and it it was just nonsense i think sid has found exactly what he's good at he's very good at this style i love it the tight soccer hooligan polo shirt and the pants i love it i love the gimmick love it all yeah i think the biggest thing that stood out for me um this is where like i really was Oh, uh, I should, we should mention actually, oh man, I can't believe we forgot about this. So going back to the last match, cause I, I'll, I'll hear about it if we don't mention it. When the match got reversed, there was a bunch of trash thrown, uh, tons of trash was thrown in the ring. 
at Gavel David Lawless and at Shaw Basin. Uh, it was a moment in time. Uh, that's the thing that happened. So that's cool. Uh, anyway, back to this match. The biggest thing I remember from this match is um, Sid Von England doing the neck snap with his feet. Um, it looked super gross. Uh, that's the biggest thing I remember from this match. Yeah, it, it. I just thought it was. I just thought it was solid. I like Sid. It was a good come down from that craziness with uh, the production. Um, and Sid is a, Sid's very entertaining. So I was glad to see him. I and think it's it just was, yeah. Watching this back, this was a good match. But this is, I think, at this point at the live show because we were there since six p.m. Where there's re- we were really starting to feel the fatigue at this point. Yeah, because this was there was ten matches on this card and. At this point, like I'm done. Like the heat killed me. I'm ready to go home. Um, I'm whooped. I just want to like sit down and relax. And it, the show is still going on. So I don't remember a ton else from this match. Uh, watching it back, uh, nothing like there wasn't a ton that stood out. It was a, it was a good match. Uh, both guys worked really hard. So I didn't, I didn't take dedicated notes as well because it also, I was worn out. Uh, after the production match, I, I didn't take detail notes again. So it just, I was very, very worn out. Um, these shows, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an hour and a half, two hour kind of guy. Uh, anything longer than that, it's, it's starts to drain me and I can't focus. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to split up next week's show into a little bite size, thankfully. Unfortunately, oh, I, sh- I will mention that at the end of the show. Um, but yeah, so, um, Casey Ward picked up the victory. Um, and then we go to our main event. Gianni, Michael, and Rico, the champion of 880, taking on Edric Everhart. He's he's a good-looking champion. I like the presentation. I like all that stuff. Um, I like everything that that he um that he does. I I, I really feel like um they have something there with him. Um, so you know, I think um I think the way they they produce him, the way they bring out how they treat him as champ is is exactly the right way I would do it too. So um yeah, it's a pleasure to watch what they have there in there for their main event. I really enjoy he he said my sign didn't make sense, which does it does make sense. It's he, he knows what he's talking. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's probably a fan of Club Haunted House, <laughs> what I've heard, according to David Lawless. He thinks there's a trap door there yeah. or something. I don't know. It's just about to say. <laughs> anything stand out in this match for you guys no i thought i thought it was a very good main event a good way to end the show it didn't it didn't overstay its welcome um yeah i thought i definitely thought it was it was it was good and I, I i'm think glad once, that- once again live unfortunately this is where like we really felt the fatigue at this point definitely yeah i think we were like getting ready to to bounce not long after this so we kind of like we're paying attention but not paying attention sorry gianni uh well i was i thought it was a good match and i and i watched and i watched the you know watching it through again and that's why yeah i just like the way he's presented i think he's oh he's he's presentation fucking excellent yeah he's a dick and rosie and him have a good you know rapport with each other in the ring and i just i I like i just like how they do it and that's a good champion to have not begging on the other talent but He's the guy I would build build around if you gave me an opportunity, you know, like in, in with those kids. He's just he just looks the part. Yeah, I think that's kind of where they're they're headed with him. So I mean, that's kind of why you know he's the he's the champ. So, yep. 
I'm curious to see who it's going to be the one that's going to be like chasing him. Like who's going to be like the one. Like, I'm interested to see how things are going to settle. I mean, can't be cowpoke because of the ABC rule. So anybody but cowpoke can challenge for the belt. So, well, I think, I think all in all, um, it was definitely a, a enjoyable show. I wish I was there. I'm jealous every time you guys get to go to something that's, you know, different. You get to go to those like Canton street festivals. You get to go to, you know, Ashtabula, you get to go down to Pittsburgh. I'm jealous of the freedom that you have to see wrestling in, in all different styles and all different venues, you know, here is very limited in, in New York. I got to go to Jersey. And then if, even if I wanted to go see, you know, something else down in let's say H2O, it's like three and a half hours from me. And if I wanted to go, you know, there's only one creative pro show a month or every month and a half, every two months. So, you know, I, every time you show me that you're there at these places, I get very, you know, jealous and and you know kind of bummed that i don't get to be with you but that's a cool place and one day i will get there to see that i definitely will just move again you know who knows where life will take you if i win that powerball tonight maybe i'll be maybe i'll be buying uh uh you know the benefactors be moving in on 880 <laughs> you never know you got a big uh big old warehouse put a podcasting studio upstairs in it um i get correct. the uh the benefactors uh broadcast studio and uh will we all live there too i mean I, however you want i'll put you all up in there rent will be cheap <laughs> you're gonna still charge your head you piece of shit <laughs> uh, me never don't be a landlord so i don't think we've given our, our final verdict on the show but i think it's pretty obvious it's gonna be a thumbs up yep thumbs way up they're a fun it's a fun separate i'm glad that i got to watching it it's it's definitely a a, a fun company to keep an eye on so it's stuff. a thumbs up but i want them to restrict their uh their main show to the to the two hour limit like i, I think it needs to be more compact more tight well i was gonna say i'd like them to keep their beast man matches to uh, under 15 minutes if they don't mind <laughs> I get it because this is kind of the big show of the summer, so it's going to be a little longer. But yeah, on the normal, on the regular, I would prefer something on the shorter side. Uh, it was a big show for them, so I, I think uh, I think they had to do something like that. So yeah, so yeah, I'll give it a thumbs up too. I guess, like I said, I just I wish it was a little bit more compact. So we have to also take into account we were there for like what the pre-show stuff was, which is like a two-hour thing. So yeah, yeah we were there from like five thirty until almost midnight. So. <laughs> I mean, that's a long day, but that's, you know, it's not and just then wrestling. We, and then we tried to go to Sheets, and then the Sheets power went out, so we couldn't get Sheets, so we had to go to another Sheets. <laughs> I swear to God we went to the last time we went to enjoy, but apparently no. They all look like that now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's 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 where that landed uh that was the we we didn't build a pillow fort either we were too tired when we got home we just went to bed so yeah oh, man no pillow forts maybe next time maybe next time uh <laughs> let's get plugs and get out of here you can find me on twitter twitch instagram only fans and blue sky at egirl femboy boy spelled b-o-i listen to my other podcast x over i have uh taking the reins on the editing. Uh, there'll probably be a lot more episodes after our little mini vacation. Uh, so yeah, but that episode with Mikey Montgomery finally up talking about episodes 13 through 15 of Power Rangers Time Force, plus the time that Sonic Fox made a guy a furry. So listen to that. Uh, there'll also probably be at the beginning of next 
yeah, beginning of the next week, our review of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Hmm. Gosh. Oh, you're not doing yours? I don't have anything special this week, so. Oh. Don't let the people know your socials? Uh, If they listen (laughs) to this podcast, they know my socials. But you haven't let you haven't let people know that your super cool friend might have given you a blue sky invite. Have you not touched it at all? I've, I I'm on Blue Sky, but I don't. I've, I, yeah, I, don't, I haven't looked at it in weeks. So, starting to feel like I'm a, I'm, I'm not invited to all your your parties over there. I don't get a Blue Sky. I don't get to go to 880. I don't get to go to uh uh the the Ashtabula show. Uh, all right. Well, oh, do we also before we before we get the final finals? Did you want to talk about the plan for next week? Oh, so yeah, next week, uh, originally on the schedule, if you look, it was supposed to be the Fonzie Hardcore Tournament 2, but Chase had surgery. We don't know when that's going to drop on Fight. So our backup plan, which we've had all along, was to watch uh, Enjoy, something to write home about, um, a show that uh, a few of us went to and now is available for everybody on YouTube and uh that's what we're gonna watch next week so we'll have a review of enjoy next week youtube and remix yes well you can find me on the uh the twitter machine at jiggle 12 instagram at jiggle 12 uh please rate review and subscribe wherever you listen to us and don't forget about our twitter handle iwguide one don't go to iwguide it's not us check out the youtube page and the patreon patreon.com backslash iwguide don't forget about the merch store over at Brainbuster Tees. I think we mentioned it before. We have new shirts with the, our new uh, uh, season logos, the the pink shirts with the pink logo, black with the pink logo. Um, we have uh, our stickers, our shirts, our stand from Burlington line. We have our Ziggy Heim uh, Tank Girl collab that we did with JCP. We have uh, the productions. Uh, um, what, what's the name of the movie that we did? The That's the, the Maniac. The Maniac version of the production uh, collab. Um, and so we have a lot of fun stuff on there. So please go on and check it out. Um, you know, all that comes and helps us get more, more, more things going for the podcast. Uh, check out our podcast friends at odds with wrestling. The card is going to change X over and hi, a bussy, a wrestling adjacent podcast. There we go. Sorry. Check out- then we, we had to take out some, so that threw me off. <laughs> yeah. That's all we got. Check out JCP designs, the official graphic designer of the indie wrestling guide. Uh, pwponderings.com, Time Capsule Toys, Toy Hio, Rubber City Toys, Big Starks Brand, Set Tap Photo, Michelle Carter and Jose Rodriguez Photography, AJ Small Photography, Sick Things Clothing, Angry Lemonade, and Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, the best barbecue in Ohio. Quote The great Stokely Hathaway once said, Three Popeye sandwiches will make your stomach sound like the House of Black steam music. We missed you, Jayhawk. Thanks for uh, missing out tonight. See ya. Watch Independent Wrestling, everyone. Later. Later, dweebs.
for love.